I'm Dr. Future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. 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 Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, not a fan of DMT Bionic. You just gave away the the I whole theme of this week's show. We haven't even I started. know. I know. It's Well, don't worry. They're going to have so much information that you have uncovered here at the end of the show that they're just going to, they're not going to know what happened. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another week of Future Quake. And we have a great guest with us this week. Uh, we're going to have Dr. Lynn Marzulli mm-hmm. uh, set in with us, who is the uh, author of Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural, as well as the Alien Interviews. And we've asked him to set in on a show uh, of some research that uh, I won't implicate you on, that I've done. So you have well, no, plausible no, I, deniability. I got, I got my two cents in there. Well, oh, I yeah. don't care. I just figure that... Like, it's a different kind of show. People look at me crazy anyway, and that's fine. I've just come to accept the fact that, um, you know... The Lord has taken me a different path that oftentimes people don't get. Well, this so. show would be indicative of yeah, that, of, of our sure. show. Uh, if you're new to uh, the Future Quake show, uh, we try to cover topics that uh, other Christian shows just don't seem to, to uh, touch. And this is no exception this week. We're going to talk about the role of drugs in spirit contacts and the prophetic implications. Uh, there's some data that we've come across with some things that are ongoing right now that I think personally may shed some light on understanding some things that uh, are alluded to in Scripture about uh, end times events. Mm. And uh, it gets into some pretty dark stuff. This is for mature believers to to listen to. Uh, And it is a message of warning Mm. uh, for people to uh, consider before they take lightly taking uh, mood or uh, reality-altering drugs, Mm -hmm. even if they're prescription drugs. Uh, to consider that there may be a spiritual component to them, and we're going to cover some data that may reinforce that. So mm. with no further ado, I think we need to get on to it. Let's just jump right into the data. Okay. Uh, we're going to invite on Dr. Lynn Marzulli to begin this discussion, and then at the end we'll wrap it up here at Future Quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom. I'm not sure what to expect out of this show, but sort of excited about it, Bionic. Uh, again, one of your longest uh, names you've used for middle name on Future Quake, uh, and I have to agree that I'm I'm there with you, uh, mm-hmm. brother Tom. I'm not quite sure where this show's going to go, but it's going to be quite an adventure for all mm-hmm. of our Futurians. And someone who's going to join us on the adventure is Dr. Lynn Marzulli, uh, who many of you are aware of, and someone who I thought was ideally qualified to uh, join us our discussion tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about the role of drugs in spirit contacts and the prophetic implications, and particularly the drug DMT. And I'm going to explain a little bit about why this subject came up and why it's been on my mind here for, for a few weeks. But uh, I want to, first of all, thank you, Dr. Marzilli, for joining us here on Future Quake. 
Pleasure to be here, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Well, for those of you who are not familiar, the, the few of you out there not familiar with uh, Dr. Marzulli's work, uh, one of his more recent works uh, that he's well known for is um, Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Uh, title, that's one of his most, most popular recent books. He also has an e-book that's out now called The Alien Interviews, uh, and that's still available for sale at your website. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, both of them are together for 10 bucks. The Alien Interviews has 17 uh, separate interviews, which I went out in the field and did. Uh, these people that have actually had close encounters of the third and fourth kind, uh, it's not, it's not, it, there's no references to books. These are interviews with people who have actually handled the phenomena, had direct encounters with the so-called alien phenomena, and weigh in from a variety of worldviews and paradigms. Fascinating book. Highly recommend it if you want to get up to speed on what's going on. And I'd also like to recommend our listeners, if you didn't hear it, uh, we did a extended interview with you mm -hmm. on Future Quake uh, shortly after mm -hmm. the first of the year, which was one of our most popular shows. Uh, places like the World of Prophecy Message Board and others, uh, they really uh, enjoyed that show and found it very educational, eye-opening. And, wow, appreciate and, and, that. And with our rapidly dropping value of the dollar, uh, I would suggest that it's even a greater value now for ten bucks. <laughs> so it would be equivalent to a hundred bucks maybe a couple of years ago. So please, please by all means get the book. But one one reason why I have you uh, is is that we we trust you. Uh, you're willing to talk about provocative topics and always bring it back to the Word of God. Uh, and uh, also, I feel like in in, in this interview, you're not going to not only serve as a a respected investigator, but also serve as a a, a mature uh, pastoral mentor in this discussion. Okay. So I'd just like for you to serve in that function here because it's going to be a very provocative topic. And I just want to say a, a heads up to our listeners, particularly our new ones, that this is something for mature uh, Christian believers. Uh, and it's something, if you want to know the purpose of why we're doing this, and I may have to reiterate this a few times during the interview because this show will be broken up into four mini-shows uh, dur during the week for radio broadcasts. And so we want to make sure our new listeners understand mm -hmm. the purpose of our coverage of this controversial topic is to explore the potential prophetic implications that it may have, and also to warn people that uh, you may know of some of the hazards or think you know about some of the hazards that uh, mind-altering drugs uh, could provide to you. Maybe you've heard the stories from the government or elsewhere, but there may be additional spiritual implications that maybe all of us don't fully grasp. And, and I want to explore that, uh, and, but just explore actual data that's out there right now. And I, I have found in this study just in the last few weeks, at least in my own personal opinion, that, that it's actually connected some dots for me that, that may have some prophetic implications, some passages. Mm. So that's, that's really what I want to talk about. But I've got a lot of material to cover, so if you don't mind, I'd like to plow into it. But, uh, uh, Brother Lynn, would you mind just saying a real quick prayer that the Holy Spirit would anoint this discussion and, and our minds and that we would have discernment? And actually be illuminated by God Himself in this Amen. discussion. So, <laughs> he just prayed. <laughs> well, well, go on, go on and lead us in that, and I want sure. our listeners to join us in that. Sure, our Father and our God, Lord, we thank you for who you are. Mm -hmm. We thank you for the work of the cross and the blood of your Son. Mm -hmm. We thank you, Lord, that by the Lamb of God, uh, our sins are taken away, mm -hmm. and that by believing in Him, Yahshua, Jesus, who was sent, we have eternal life, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the white stone with our names on it, the stone of acquittal, Lord. Mm -hmm. You see us righteous with you seated in the heavenlies, not by our own works, but by the blood of the Messiah, the blood of Jesus. Lord, I pray tonight as we talk about this, 
this sort of disturbing subject as it is, Lord. I pray that people's eyes would be open. I pray against any sort of a spirit of fear. And instead, I would ask for your power, your love, and a sound mind to come upon the three of us and the listening audience. Mm-hmm. We say these things, and we decree amen, so be it, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, one other quick announcement I want to make is that uh, uh, Brother Lynn Marzulli is going to be speaking at the Christian Symposium at Roswell, the Ancient of Days Conference, alongside yours truly. Fourth uh, of July weekend, please join him. And also, you're going to be speaking at the uh, prophecy, or Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural Conference in Mansfield, Ohio, correct? That's correct. It's on June 6th. Russ Dizdar and Gary Codd join me. Uh, and that I am the keynote speaker for that conference. Really looking forward to it. And uh, we will get into why the UFO phenomena is real, burgeoning, and not going away. And that that uh, will be something you'll want to be sure and check out. If you go to shatterthedarkness.net at Rusty's Dark site, I'm sure there'd be some particulars as well too for you to attend uh-huh. that. So you're going to be around, and I want everybody to be able to to be able to enjoy and appreciate that. I'm going to dive in. What what precipitated all this? A few weeks ago on our news segment that we have, uh, we had a um, a particular show. Uh, that we had a news story that came up that I read that just intrigued me, and it was uh, the title of it was uh, the article was "What Hails from Beyond: Shamanic Drugs Are Pathways to Other Dimensions." And I want to quickly read this article again because it really sets the stage for everybody, and you'll understand uh, that the path that we take here. It says the notion that something from within our bodies could be considered an illegal substance seems rather odd to me. This is from the word of the author. However, this is very much the case with the powerful drug. Uh, dimethyltryptamine, or DMT, active ingredient in the uh, mysterious shamanic, uh, and I believe it's pronounced ayahuasca uh, tea, uh, used by native cultures around the world for vision quest, which also happens to be found in the human body. Uh, the catch is we don't know exactly where the DMT is created, although pioneering psychedelics researcher Dr. Rick Strassman has suggested that, in theory, the stuff could be produced within the human pineal gland, which Rene Descartes famously proposed was the point of mediation between the material body and the immaterial soul. In the realms of both fact and fiction, the pineal gland has occasionally played an important role with regard to man's supposed innate abilities to unlock psychic powers from within, allowing us to perceive distant worlds which, to the naked senses, in our typical day-to-day state of mind, remain hidden, Uh, such as... uh, I'm sorry? Can I jump in here please, real quick? Please, please, anytime. Yeah, you said something which is really, really fascinating, and, and it goes by so quick that many of our listeners might not grab that. And, and what, you're, what you're saying is, is that um, you should read that line again about how mankind can unlock in him those centers, which is the whole basis of Eastern mysticism, Gnosticism, um, Hinduism. I mean, it's it's shamanism. It's all it's it's by taking some sort of a drug, whether it's a vision quest, it's basically a springboard into the supernatural. Contrast that to, and I'm and I'm not talking about religion here. I'm talking about a real relationship with when the Holy Spirit um, comes inside of a person and begins to indwell the Holy Spirit will give visions. In other words, I'm not taking anything. And I've had right. visions and I've I've heard you know, I've I've seen things and heard things. And the spirit of the Lord has, you know, 
prompted me and moved me into those experiences, and I never asked for them. I didn't seek them. I didn't have to take a drug. So here we have a complete dichotomy between systems, and we need to establish that. That you know, when I say Christian, people go, "Oh, here he goes with the church stuff." You got to step outside of that and go back to the first century and and look at it from that viewpoint, not what it's become with the Inquisition and mm-hmm. and you know all the in the Crusades and the Spanish conquistadors. You got to forget all that and go back to the, what the actual scriptures themselves say, and open it with it with an with an understanding that these men who received that spirit in the first century literally stirred the Western world on its head mm-hmm. because they moved with power, and that power was given to them by the Holy Spirit. So it's a complete complete dichotomy. One is spirit led, the other is man centered, and they're tapping into something which I would consider malevolent. Well, and, and let me just say further, you, you were contrasting uh, the movement by a spirit outside our own through us. Uh, when, when when we invite the Holy Spirit within, when we, when we invite Jesus, in fact, present with us, and we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, that is an invitation that we extend fully knowing who it is that we're receiving, who has revealed himself uh, through Scripture, who has made himself uh, a redeemer for us, who sacrificed his life here on earth for us as our redeemer and sacrifice. So so we take on uh, a, a heavenly being who has shown himself to be overtly benevolent and, uh-huh. and, and sacrificial on behalf of our life. Although the Holy Spirit does blow like the wind and can do amazing things that we may, may never fully grasp, we, we have a track record to know who this being is, who we're giving ourselves over to, uh, and, and one of the key words you used was benevolent. That right. that he is a he's benevolent. We we can see from from a a, a, a volume of a, what's what how you said vol I can never pronounce it volume vol you know what I mean voluminous 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 thank you voluminous <laughs> I always stumble on that voluminous record that the Holy Spirit is 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 benevolent right. You know, we, we we can rest in that. He will lead us into all truth. Well, Pretty cool. L- let me proceed into this whole idea about the, particularly the pineal gland. Now, this is still continuing in this article. Mm-hmm. Uh, it points out a story. I, I, and before before you before you go any further, I've read that exact article. I, I know exactly what okay. you're talking about okay. verbatim. So, well, so we're on the same page. Right. Well, I'll, and I just want to just get a get get our listeners grounded on this and what set the stage. Okay. Uh, this this uh, author refers to H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, who wrote uh-huh. a who wrote an, uh, a story called From Beyond? It was later made a, a a movie. It was sort of made over the top. But the original book for, From Beyond or story uh, come, come from an author. If you're not familiar with him, uh, some of our listeners, uh, I've heard people like William Schnoblin, who used to be involved deeply in the occult and a leader in the occult, mm-hmm. uh, said that they believed in the occult world that H.P. Lovecraft for some reason had special access and understanding of what they understood in their cosmology the powers of darkness are. In other words, it just wasn't totally, in, in their eyes, a, a, a fanciful mind of what was going on. He had a full understanding of the horribleness of, of evil in the occult. And whether that's true or not, in this particular story, it, it, it conveys around a scientist who figures out that he can build a machine that vibrates with a certain frequency of the pineal gland. It actually resonates with someone who stands close to it. And when that happens, it opens other dimensions now, this was written back in 1920, before a lot of what we knew about these shamans and what was going on with this DMT chemical. 
but but he understood that that when when this was activated that these other entities from other worlds could interact with us and in fact mm. he quotes from the the main character here uh who who, who says uh who's explaining the scientist to another person who says have you heard of the pineal gland? I laugh at the shallow endocrinologist, fellow dupe and fellow parvenu of the Freudian. That gland is the great sense organ of organs, I have found out. It is like sight in the end and transmits visual pictures to the brain. If you are normal, that is the way you ought to get most of it. I mean get most of the evidence from beyond. This is what poor old Crawford was rambling about in Lovecraft's story is that was that the pineal gland would allow a normal person to perceive evidence from beyond through the use of a resonating device that he had built. This contraption allowed the pineal gland to function in such a way that alien realms became visible when one stood near it. Funny enough, if researchers like Dr. Rick Strassman are correct about EMT production in the brain, Lovecraft may have been closer at home than he could have ever imagined with his notions hmm. that the pineal gland might act as a medium for strange phenomena. Now, keep in mind that Lovecraft is often suspected by researchers of the bazaar for having been capable of tapping into ancient rites in other realms with some strange mental prowess he possessed, which translated into his fiction. In fact, recent studies by University of Wisconsin-Madison researchers, which ironically is the old home of Dr. Michael Heiser, mm. uh, I'm not saying name organization or, or <laughs> yeah I was, I was wondering group, uh, found that DMT regulates a mysterious protein that is abundant throughout the body called the sigma 1 receptor experiments with laboratory mice that uh, that had had this receptor genetically removed yielded the strange effect of uh, nothing whereas normal mice that had been injected with DMT yielded expected increases in hyperactivity until the effects of the drug had worn off Indeed, it seems that a receptor for the hallucinogenic effects of DMT may have been discovered. But perhaps even a more interest is the fact that in addition to small amounts found throughout the body of sane, healthy humans, elevated levels of DMT have also been found in the urine of schizophrenics. This mm. brings to mind a few interesting questions. For example, could finding ways to inhibit or otherwise appease sigma-1 receptors in schizophrenic patients to inhibit or otherwise appease uh, uh, these uh, these uh, receptors result in new treatment for the disease. On the other hand, many of the shamanic cultures around the world who use DMT-rich snuffs and teas in their rituals describe entities they meet while taking the stuff. That's very interesting because if yeah. you've talked to a lot of different people who are heavily schizophrenic, they tend to have they they talk repeatedly about having visions where somebody in black is standing just beyond, mm -hmm. you know, like in the next room watching them. Right. Uh, a hooded figure and, and stuff like that. Go ahead. Right. Okay. Um, so, in fact, some believe that these beings could even be interdimensional ambassadors, which come to meet psychonauts in the subspace realm that lingers between reality and wherever people experiencing a DMT trip end up visiting. If indeed there is a link between DMT and diseases like schizophrenia, could this in any way mean that a person afflicted with such a condition may have some limited ability to perceive elements of the worlds beyond the five senses? Are we left with the curious, even frightening questions as to how exactly drugs like DMT work, why it exists in the human body, and how under the right conditions mm. substances like this might bear strange abilities that allow uh, us some limited perception of those things which exist in places from beyond? So that's the article, and uh, it's it's one of those strange articles that we could have easily just thrown in the trash can 
and never heard from again, other than it got my wheels going. But instead, yeah, instead we did, you know, well, tons of research on it. Well, and uh, in fact, uh, I had an email from uh, one of our fellow Futurians, uh, Brother Steve, out there, who I appreciate you emailing me, and saying that, that he had also done some research in the area, and reconfirmed that this Dr. Strassman, who was mentioned in this article, was a real source that he had done probably the most exhaustive clinical research on this drug, mm-hmm. and had also consistently found cases where these entities were having contact mm-hmm. uh, with people. And so I went and found the website. for uh, It's at rickstrassman.com, uh, S-T-R-S-S-M-A-N, and went and looked, and he actually put excerpts of his uh, book, which I now uh, have just since read in the last day or two, called DMT, The Spirit Molecule, and it was absolutely mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Just jumping straight to some of the experiences that he uh he ran through uh, subjects under clinical trials under very tight medical conditions, mm-hmm. uh, revealed that consistently when people were put under the uh, influence of this particular drug, it was intravenously fed to them, they within seconds would begin to see these alien-type entities mm-hmm. that we talk about like in abduction events. Well, and, and that they did malevolent things. They did the horrible kind of things we were used to hearing. Well, I didn't. I don't want to get ahead of you. Maybe you mentioned this, but I know that in some of the research that I've done on DMT in the past, uh, there's been several people who've went so far as to take DMT regularly and repeatedly, and uh, they go to this. They they record going to this place and over over an extended period of time get to meet these entities, and actually bring back some of their language and uh, some really really far out stuff. Draw stuff. You know. Now these are people you know who've taken it. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, there was a, it's, it's pretty weird. Yeah, Brother yeah there, there was a gentleman who emailed me a while back uh, with the whole DNT scenario, and he had actually taken it. Mm. And we were, we were, you know, we had a, a brief communication, a flurry of emails, um, and that's um, he gave me the article that you just read and another one a little bit more in depth than the article that you read. It was probably about ten, twenty pages mm-hmm. from from a report about DMT and. and where this particular person went and what was happening, what he encountered and everything. And I, and my counsel to him was just very straightforward. I said, listen, you know, you're, you're, you're moving into a realm where you don't belong, one, and you're crashing the gates to get there. You know, it's like you don't belong there. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is, this is, see, the, it's funny when, when, when scripture, when the Bible tells us, um, you know, not to, not to have, um, necromancy and 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 those mm-hmm. who are involved in that there's a real reason for it you know and, and most people it's been obfuscated over the centuries you know and it's like well they burn the witches people don't get it you know it's like this stuff um first of all it can, it can endanger a person in in many many ways it can lead to literally demonic possession in my opinion um it, it can cause major health problems it also can cause a person to literally go crazy literally lose their mind and it's uh, and this is why we're warned of this stuff. Uh, contrast that to when Paul, let's say, is taken by the Spirit, you know, to the third heaven. Whole different scenario, isn't it? He's there. He sees things. He's told, "Up, oh, can't utter what you see," but you're there. The Spirit took him. It's a totally different um, dynamic. One in which we're protected. The other one where we crash the gates into this realm and experiencing things which we have no right to and we shouldn't be. Very, very well said. Um, 
And uh, we're going to reiterate on here that uh, what we're talking about is something by no means do we recommend any of our listeners explore, uh-huh. check out personal yeah. experience. What we're trying to do is to warn you because warn you against it. because right. there is more information that's going to be coming out in the media and the press that is going to romanticize and glorify this. Mm-hmm. Let me, and let there me already say been examples as clear as we possibly can. If you're in the sound of my voice, don't do it. <laughs> but, but don't take this stuff. It's bad. And the purpose of it is that. Uh, you're going to hear more about these kind of things, and they're going to show all the wonderful benefits and all the great religious experiences. But uh-huh. I want you to hear the whole story. And also, we want you to know that the Bible comments on this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The Bible is not silent. It's not an old antiquated book. It foresees this kind of thing, and particularly in Advent in the last days. And I'm hoping in our next segment that we can lay that out and lay that forward. We're back here at the Future Quake Show with Dr. Future. And Tom, uh, I'm just not sure quite what happened here, but it's very interesting bionic. All right. They're getting longer. I don't know. I might have to start trimming those down. Yeah, you have to start using punctuation and maybe periods. They're more maybe. like a, a, a paragraph middle name now. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm the one spending all the money to have them legally changed in between shows. Yeah, is that right? <laughs> Man, it's you have a, a stack big of them. deal, yeah. Well, tell me how many Social Security numbers you have. Yeah. Well, back to our topic. What did you think about our discussion about the significance of possibly opening up a real reality on the other side of these drugs that well, as is I told you, good? as I mentioned, I think I mentioned to you uh, uh, when we first read the uh, uh, Strassman's, Strassman's uh, um, what do you call it, paper on that a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. in the, uh, the interview that that was something that sort of came up when you know one of my spiritual sort of you know, guys who was teaching me Bible, spiritual mentor, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, mentioned. But you've, like, jumped in with both feet and really found some very fascinating connections. Well, thank you for saying that. I, I'm about, by no means am I promoting it. If anything, what I'm oh. trying to do is to show well, I don't, I don't think more we full get, the depths of the hazard. I don't think we could get more bald-faced than what I said. If you're doing this stuff, don't do it. Right. <laughs> it's like I can't. And, and it's even more yeah. than having a bad trip, and it's even worse than possibly... Losing your life. It could mm-hmm. be even worse than that. It has what e- you're doing. implications of eternity. That's so. right. Possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I want I want people to meditate on that and think about what you uh, what your thoughts are on it. We appreciate you emailing us. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, Murph can come in and tell you uh, how you contact us and let us know what you think about the show. Yeah. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, that's it. All right, that's that. Let's that get was out. stage one. Back tomorrow for stage two, right? Can't wait till the booster rocket fires. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, you keep uh, keep us in prayer. Keep keep an open spirit to hear from the Lord about what He says about this topic this week. And until then, I hope your future is very bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake. Change the shape of things. Nothing can change the shape of things.
Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom. Uh, I can't really think of an appropriate last name, so we'll just sort of go with it, Bionic. That was still long, even though there was no middle name. No, there was. It was I can't really m- think of an appropriate last can't name, you just so we'll use, just go with it. Can't you just use you blank or this space for rent, Bionic? Well, because, Your name here, Bionic? Well, because of the fact, well, it's interesting because we don't actually take money for what we're doing. It's not for rent. I know, but you know, this has become like a dominant part of the show. Like the topic and guest is secondary. <laughs> You're trying to figure out your Gosh, name. I hope is, not. I'm going to quit It has grown this. into this behemoth. I hope not. Like Back the, to our topic. Yeah, sorry. Uh, is Dr. Lynn Marzulli, who, who's setting in for a discussion that we have, and I, I want to give him plausible deniability. Mm-hmm. We asked him to come in and set in as a, as a senior pastoral uh, guide to discuss with us about a topic uh, that we wanted to talk about called the role of drugs in spirit contacts and the prophetic implications. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's some pretty deep stuff. But today we're going to talk about some stuff that I propose from Scripture that I'm, I think may, and this may be a way out speculation, may shed some light on what we're talking about, about what the, what the dark side has in mind and what they're trying to do mm-hmm. to use drugs as a means of spiritual control and domination over us. So we'll let our listeners be the judge, but we need to go. Yeah. So with no further ado, here's Dr. Lynn Marzulli, uh, along with uh, yours truly and Tom Bionic, and then we'll be right back to wrap it up here on Future Quake. Well, if you don't mind, I'd like to just uh, mention a few comments about um, uh, some educational background uh, that I was reading some medical information about the pineal gland, which is one thing they bring out. Now, this is a particular gland that is almost right right straight through your forehead, between your eyes and forehead, embedded right in the center of your brain between both lobes. And it's, it's a very small gland, but it is not like the other parts of your brain in that it doesn't have a dual lobe, like there's not a left and right mm-hmm. portion like the other so parts. Is it, is it it's actually, really separate from your brain. Okay, I was going to ask. Even though not, it's, it's surrounded it's by brain. it. And, in fact, there is something called a, 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 a brain-blood barrier mm-hmm. where things that are in your blood cannot cross over into your brain and nervous system except for a few nutrients, very small nutrients, simple sugars, things like that. And so it can't cross that barrier, but... Uh, the pineal gland is in a very unique position where it can have direct access to your body plus direct and very close proximity influence to parts of your brain. Your your emotions, all of your sensory organs mm. are all right there. It's at a strategic place. And let me just mention a few things that, that it's called in the medical journal. It's, be, it's been called the uh, epiphysis or third eye uh, it was, it's because it's considered to be um, and that, and that, I'm not just saying that in the spiritual new age kind of way, but even in medical area, because it has certain cell structures and things that are similar to the retina in your eye, uh, photoreceptors and mm-hmm. things like that, that, that is, is rather mysterious about it. It produces melatonin, which we know regulates sleep mm-hmm. uh, and affects certain peri- uh, photoperiodic seasonal functions. It actually is influenced by light and, and darkness. It comes through your eyes, goes through the nervous system, and oh. back to it. Um, Probably uh, deals with like things like core body temperature and yes, that's that's correct. Uh, it's Can I uh, comment on that real quick? Please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was I was with a girl for about three years, and I actually had my third eye opened, um, and which was just for me at the time, and I was in my early twenties, um, and and you know looking looking for God mm-hmm. on my on my God quest, so to speak. And this was in like and, a new age kind of way. You had it open. Well, I mean, I, I, yeah. it was a guru uh, yeah. from from India, right. uh, Guru Maharaji, and. Uh, my third eye by a Mahatma, a holy man from India in a room with about 150 people on a very hot uh, summer day 
and we'd been sitting there for like five or six hours, and finally he began to give knowledge. And he came by, opened, touched my third eye, and instantly, instantly, I saw this just like a sun exploded, just this incredible vision. Um, I also tasted nectar and heard celestial music. So, again, these things, you know, it's like people listen to stuff and they kind of go, wow, you know, it's like a bunch of nonsense, a bunch of hooey. You know, this this guy was an adept. He was an initiate. And I I meditated on this stuff. I mean, I I joined the ashram because, and, and here's the danger in this. Was it a spiritual experience? Absolutely. Who was behind the spiritual experience? Well, who do you think was behind it? The enemy, obviously. It's very deceptive, and it never deals with the core issue Mm. of sin and redemption and eternal life. It's just, it's like a light show, and it's very attractive. And if a person, and this is the problem with this, yeah, you're experiencing something that's outside our our paradigm and outside our worldview, but what's the litmus test we use to discern whether it's benevolent from the Lord or malevolent from the enemy, from Lucifer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so it, this stuff is real. I mean, look, I experienced mm-hmm. it. I mean, I was, you know, my right. third eye was open, so. Right. There you go. And, and sometimes man, man has an innate curiosity, and sometimes that leads him to great discoveries, but it also can mm-hmm. get him in terrible, terrible trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just finish a, a few more medical things that, that are fascinating with the pineal gland. The pineal gland is a midline structure. And is often seen in skull X-rays, even though it's a, a gland, hmm. because it is as often calcified. Calcification is typically due to intake of fluoride found in water and toothpaste. Now, as we learn more later in the discussion, as time permits, about what the pineal gland may—what I repeat—may have in terms of the, the the adequate functioning of our brain and perception. Mm-hmm. The fact that this may actually dull it is very very interesting when you think of how. Uh, fluoridating water was originally conceived uh-huh. by all people, Hitler, uh, that actually put it to dull the senses of concentration camp victims. Uh, it says, uh, uh, I'm just skipping over some of these things here. It says some early uh, vertebrate fossil skulls have a pineal foramen or opening, uh, and mentions the lamprey and the tutara as two uh, early uh, animals. And some other uh, vertebrates, which have a parietal organ or third eye, which in some of them is photosensitive. Uh, long story short, they actually have that that organ is closer to the outer surface of where their mm. skin is, and it was a more direct sensory organ like our eyes would be mm. or other external senses. Very interesting. So it has some kind of heritage in different parts of the uh, the animal system uh, in in being used in that fact. It says um, studies suggest in rodents the pineal gland may influence the actions of recreational drugs such as cocaine. Uh, so it influences uh, the desire and the response of it as well. And then it mentions that Rene Descartes, who was a uh, famous mathematician and philosopher yeah. who dedicated uh-huh. much time to the study of the pineal gland, uh, he, he called it the seed of the soul. He believed that it was a point of connection between the intellect and the body. So it's a very, very, very interesting. Who knows? Um, mm-hmm where he put those connections together. There, there are some ancient teachings about it, but there's an air of mystery about it. For sure. Um, uh, now, when you talk about DMT, this uh, dimethyltryptamine, it's a naturally occurring substance and a potent psychedelic drug found not only in many plants, but also in trace amounts in the human body where its natural function is undetermined, according to these other medical sources. Mm-hmm. DMT is created in small amounts by the human body during normal metabolism, uh, and many cultures, indigenous and modern, ingest DMT as a psychedelic and extracted or synthesized form. So that's just a little bit of a background on it. But I want to go into just some of my thoughts and, and uh, 
Tom and uh, Brother Lynn, I'd like to get your comments on some some suppositions that I'm going to make from the from the biblical record that I think may relate to drugs and chemicals like this and the effect that they have on our perceptions of other realities of the spirit world, mm-hmm. of which later in the show we'll get into some details about what actually it shows. But it, it is an amazing connector to connect the, the, the seemingly disparate topics we talk about on this show about UFOs and alien abductions and end-time prophecies mm-hmm. and, and other religions. and it, it is a way that actually connects a lot of these things together. Mm-hmm. Now, when you think about the Bible... Where is the first incident in Scripture where uh, man ingests a substance, a physical substance? Well, that's obviously uh, Genesis. Okay. And, yeah. and what was the case? The uh, eating off the tree of knowledge. Okay. It was the apple. Yeah. And now, so, now, is it actually called an apple in Genesis? Well, it's called a fruit, okay. taking the fruit off. Some people think apple. There have been different okay. we'll go with terms of what we'll is a, with... a piece of fruit. Okay. Uh, but, but the comment that Satan makes is what what... Um, your eyes will be open. Will be open. Oh, wow. You'll be illuminated. You'll be as gods. You'll know. You'll have gnosis, knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. That was the message of the serpent, which has been the same message. And then obviously man's curiosity with having additional knowledge and going to a higher level goes all the way back to the garden, uh, that, that particular desire. So we see that that, that trait goes throughout Scripture. And, and I would submit that the ingestion of that drug, per se, would, would be a, a, a definite bad trip that still hasn't ended for mankind. <laughs> That's one Because way to look the at curse it. from that bad trip is still ongoing, although there was a lot of promises that came from it. Now, um, wasn't there in the Old Testament, uh, Brother Land, and, and Tom, you come on this, wasn't there uh, some guidance directly or indirectly to actually take some of the Word of God and put it like in a little box, and, and it involved in something that stuck right yeah. on their forehead. Right. It was put on their forehead. So it was like the Word of God put right on their forehead in an area of where we would consider what? A direction to the pineal gland, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have no idea if that, that's significant or not, but I find it interesting that that's where the Word of God was placed. Well, I think it was one of those things where God said, uh, you know, just wrap yourself in the Word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So what they did is they, they tied it to their forehead. Mm-hmm. But it's a curious selection and choice. Yeah. Now, yeah. you know, Goliath was a a creature who who we understand to be one of the last remaining Nephilim. He was one of the sons of Anak that mm-hmm. survived, mm-hmm. went to the cities of Philistines. Where where was his weak spot? Where where was he struck? Even though he was this very interesting, this yeah. super invincible fighter, right in the forehead, right where in the, the forehead, pineal gland would be right right you know. right where that is. He he was fallen, even though he was considered that. Now. My understanding when I was looking at Scripture, as far as the, the, the term sorcery used in the Scripture, I didn't uh-huh. find it used as many times, at least looking through the King James, as I thought I might find. There was one use of the word sorcery in the book of Acts, and it referred to the magician mm-hmm. right. uh, who was tormenting the, the apostles while they were doing their thing. But it was right. clearly it was magic. But there's a completely different word used in the Greek for the other references, and that is a word called pharmakia. Pharmakia, right. And as we know, pharmakia is what? Taking of drugs. It's yeah. using of drugs in uh, spiritual services to other gods. But they use it to as, other dark forces. It's also used for like sorcery or something in the Bible. Well, that's right. the definition right. of sorcery. Right. Yeah. Is using drugs to use as a right. portal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And what what modern man today would call um, uh, shamanism. It's a springboard. I mean, uh, it's definitely a springboard yeah. into what I would call the lower astral, inter, lower interdimensional. You know, prince of the power of the air, the stuff that surrounds this planet, 
But that's that's what it that's what it does, and it was completely forbidden. Completely forbidden. Right. William Schnobelin talked a lot about that stuff, saying mm-hmm. that when he was when he was involved in all that dark stuff that he was in, he would repeatedly take drugs mm-hmm. before performing a magical ceremony. And, and, so. and today it would be called shamanism. That's the right. that's the romanticized view they give it of this noble savage shaman out in the Amazon area sure. that goes and talks to gods and other dimensions to find out how to heal somebody and things like this. So now that word pharmakia, from what I can find, it was used three times in the New Testament. One was in Galatians, and it's called witchcraft. Okay. The other two are actually in the book of Revelation. And and the pharmakia that is talked about, this use of drugs to to talk to these other entities, is one time it's used in Revelation to the people who have just been exposed to the locusts who've come out of the abyss, mm. these infernal, ungodly creatures that have come out that have first made themselves unveiled to mankind. They didn't know that they were there. Mm-hmm. The key was unlocked. The key was unlocked. They were released. And the people who were oppressed who still did not repent, a few verses later, were those who still practiced sorcery or contact with these people. Now, the other uh, place in Revelation where they're mentioned is in Revelation 18, Mm -hmm. where it talks about the great city Babylon that falls. And it actually says that um, the, the people who used it were the merchants and the great people who controlled all the people of earth. They, they they dealt in all of these fine merchant products, including the souls of men, and it said through their sorceries they deceived the whole nation of the world. So by, by me, by wow. my understanding, the suggestion is is that the great and mighty men of the of the earth that they're talked about used this tool, this drug induced tool to to communicate with these fallen beings, to in in turn manipulate the rest of mankind. So in that Revelation quote is sorceries. Uh, is sorcery the same as that pharmakia? Pharmakia. pharmakia. It's the same pharmakia wow. that's, that's used in this. Um, uh, and, and let me just share with uh, you in, in Revelation 9.21. It says, they, uh, Neither they repented of their murderers, nor their sorceries, nor their fornication, nor their thefts. Uh, and when you go over to uh, Revelations uh, 18... Uh, it says uh, about the falling of the kingdom of Babylon, it says, And the light of the candle shall shine no more in all of thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall be heard no more. And, in, and all in thee, for thy merchants, were the great men of the earth. For by thy sorceries were all the nations deceived. So now you think about on our show how much we've talked about these secret groups that meet at Bohemian Grove and the Bilderbergers sure. and all these secret right. societies and all these secret acts that they do. Mm-hmm. Could, could this be a description of who these mighty men or great men of the earth are? They're in a process of deceasing the people of the earth and, and using the sorcery as the means by which they can channel these great powers to be able to conduct their deception. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting that you know the reports, you know, uh, backed up by none other than people like Richard Nixon. Talk about you know serious drug taking and you know homosexual aspects of mm-hmm. uh, Bohemian Grove and other places like that. They all go hand in hand, uh, just like Aleister Crowley. Yeah. Um, now there's another word that also is a key in this too. We've mentioned the word forehead several times. Mm-hmm. The word forehead is mentioned nine times in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Every one of them that I can find is mentioned in the Book of Revelation. Really? Every use of the word forehead. Uh, and every time it's used, it's used to represent an act of marking someone to protect them from to keep one side or the other's hands off the other. That is very interesting. There's a mark put on the forehead, the same place where it said the pineal gland is, is some kind of barrier 
to keep the other guy's team from harming the other side. And I'll give you a, just a few examples sure, of that. Sure. Revelation 7, 3, it says, uh, uh, and th this was a, a comment to these evil, uh, diabolical uh, ones that come out of the abyss, which is probably in an interdimensional abyss. It says, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. So that they were not allowed to impose the reality of what they are on these people. And in Revelation 9.4, it says, It was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth. And this is a whole separate event. Mm -hmm. Neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And Revelation 13.16, it says, And he causeth all, both great and small, and great and rich, and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark on their right hand and in their foreheads. And this is the, the mark of the beast. Okay, Revelation 14.1, it says, And I looked up, and lo, a lamb stood in on uh, Mount Sion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. Revelation 14.9, And a third angel followed them, saying, With a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark on his forehead or on his hand, uh, Revelation 17.5, And upon her forehead, now this is the great whore Babylon, upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, Mother of Harlots and Abominations of Earth. Revelation 24, And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the word of God, and for which they had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither received his mark upon their foreheads, nor in their hands, and lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. And then the last reference is Revelation 22.4. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. Hmm. Wow. So we see see repeated marking of and I consider it a mark of protection and ownership. It's almost like you're putting your 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 serial code or something. Well that that's huge because oftentimes people talk about the mark of the beast being different things like the RFID chips and I was always very skeptical of that because you would there would have to be I always thought there'd have to be some sort of spiritual component to it. Mm -hmm. Now if you know there's some way to do it like HP Lovecraft, you know stimulate the pineal gland through vibration or uh, something else, you know, I don't know, you know, ingesting drugs or whatever through that, through, you know, some sort of a ID chip in your forehead suddenly. Right. Suddenly that's a, a, a very heavy option. That that forehead, if there is something like that, that forehead chip may be communicating with something directly in the core of your brain that gives over full and complete control. Of, wow. of your access in the spiritual realm. Opens realms. yourself to, like, complete possession or something. That's yeah. exactly right, and wow. where, where you lose control over it. That's just a supposition I'm making, you know, for consideration mm -hmm. uh, for you gentlemen and for our listeners as well, too. That where you see these passages where these, these heavenly beings appear, you find out sorcery is going on, where drugs are being used as maybe a gateway mm -hmm. to help facilitate their use, and also there is sealing going on, either sealing people, for the side of darkness on their forehead, mm -hmm. or they're sealing by God on, on the forehead of his children that these beings cannot go through and actually wow. impact with. 
Um, but but you know, in Revelation 18, when I mentioned about the the uh, the, the kings of the earth, the the uh, these powerful, mighty men that are part of the great city Babylon, it talks about the merchants of the earth weeping and mourning uh, over her because of all the merchandise they traded, merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones, and it goes on and on and on. In verse 13, it says, "And beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men." Mm. So so the control that these people had was not just over all of the commerce in the world and the products that we had, but even over what we think, over the media, over the wow. communication of who we are, over the realities that we understand in the world. However, yeah. I'm, so, I'm sorry, yes. Let me, yeah, let me, let me just jump in. This will tie in with what Russ D- uh, Dizdar is going to speak about on June 6th and also – uh, you know, in, in Roswell, the, the same type of thing, the Black Awakening, MK Ultra mind control, and and we know, I mean, we know this is all documented that uh, certainly in the concentration camps and and, and later on during Operation Operation Paperclip, when the Nazis were brought into this country and began the same type of experiments, drugs were used to split the personality. Um, this is this is just so heinous. I mean, this is. Um, the occult in the 21st and 20th, 20th and 21st century, alive and well and, and operating, and it's uh, it's it's mind-numbing, chilling, and extremely sobering mm-hmm. when we start to get into this stuff. And yet, uh, just one more thought we have with all this: that if 2,000 years ago, you you would have written uh, some sort of a prophecy that in the latter days, and of course this is not written in the latter days that there would be arenas full of people, like 80,000, 100,000 people or more, right? And that loud, incredibly loud music, like, you know, just off the charts, and that, that the people gathering there would all have this, you know, would begin to, to smoke collectively psychotropic drugs with one another. I mean, no one would have believed it. And yet, welcome to the, uh, you know, tw- latter part of the 20th century mm-hmm. with the modern rock concerts. Well, they would have known it was a worship right. service. They would have said, oh, this is an occult worship service, obviously. Bingo. Bingo. Uh, Nothing you're, changed. You're, Nothing's changed. You're summoning somebody, obviously exactly. from the dress, the symbols that the people are wearing, the priest mm-hmm. up on the stage are right. wearing. Right. It, it's a summoning service of a, of an evil entity and all the chants of the people, the, the, uh, the trance-like state, the drone stare. Is is part of this. Well, and I even, and it's even getting more and more obvious. Uh, there was a call in to uh, Alex Jones's show recently, and he was saying how he was at uh, Stage Coast, or I'm sorry, that's not not correct. The other one that happens there, Coachella, out in Indio, and uh, Paul McCartney, while he was setting up his gear on stage, mm-hmm. had a huge symbol on the jumbotron that was the uh, the all seeing eye on the dollar, yeah, and it said uh, Ishtar is God over the top oh. of it. I mean, it's very like, Are you kidding me? No, no. That's yeah. I haven't researched that yeah. personally, but that was a call-in at uh, that's very uh, subtle. Site. That's very yeah. subtle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that you know both he and Ringo, you know, were were talking about the uh, you know transcendental meditation and setting yeah. up all this. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's just a blind leading a blind. I mean, I like McCartney's music. Don't misunderstand me. Some of it's just incredible. You know, incredible. On the other hand, um, I don't like what he's promulgating because mm-hmm. he, he has he has no idea. Mm-hmm. He's setting up for people. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. Yeah, he doesn't right. know what he's what door he's opened. We're back here at Future Quake with Doctor Future and Tom, shorter name Bionic. Oh, I didn't mean to get on your case no, no, during no, the cool. break. There, you're, you're, no, no, it's cool. You were actually sort of correct. They're kind of becoming too long and too unmanageable. Well, just when they get over five minutes, it's like trying to drive a dump truck on a road course or something. Yeah, know? that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. 
Well, <laughs> what are your comments on we? You know, this segment we really brought up um, some potential uh, biblical scriptural analogies. Well, I was going to say some of that stuff is fascinating. Um, you know, you brought up the pharmacia thing, and I had been I had glanced through that and. Uh, you know, there in Galatians, and but I didn't know that it was there in Revelations as, or Revelation. Gosh, mm-hmm. I hate when people put an S on that word, and here I did it in front of 500,000 people. <laughs> well, I know you've read that Bible all the way from generations to revolutions. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Ah, it's there. It's there in the Bible. So, any other comments you have? Um, uh, the Revelation thing was good. Um, you tied together, uh, you know, the Isaiah Isaiah very well into that mm-hmm. interesting as well. I think if you read both that passage and uh, Revelation 18, they're almost exact templates. Yeah, I know. Uh, intentional, I, I would presume. Well, one would, one would, I guess, obviously assume. Yeah. Um, just, just like if you read Isaiah 34 and read the passage about the sixth seal, mm-hmm. they sound almost exactly the same too. I know. It's very, very interesting. You yeah. may have uncovered some, unraveled some sort of major piece of the puzzle here, or just made things very messy. One of the two. Well, you would you would tend to think that uh, a puzzle piece ain't going to fit together two ways. That's very deep. You know somebody who could fit the puzzle? Merv. Yes. Merv, would you come in and tell our listeners how they can contact us here at Future Quake? Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay. Uh, We're at the end of the road. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know many of our listeners uh, compare listening to Future Quake like a bad trip, but uh, I hope it's not oh, as bad as what on. we're talking about. People like us out there. You don't think they have to come down from the traumatic experience? Well, some of them do, but yeah. you know, hopefully they're enlightened. Yeah. Well, in a good way. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. We know we have a lot of mature Christian believers out mm-hmm. there. Uh, chew on this. Uh, see if there's any wisdom in it, particularly if you know of anybody who sort of is very lighthearted about recreational drugs or even prescription drugs, to get them to really think about the spiritual implications. But uh, we got to go. So until then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. 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 Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, still a little bit trying to process all this stuff, Bionic. Hey, that's a little bit better middle name. Uh, well, it's very accurate. Uh-huh. Uh, this has been a very heavy show. Yeah, long. yeah. And I, I was, you know, figuring it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But, um... I got a little bit to heavier. To me, something than... that, and, and again, I'm not sure what people are going to take with it or whatever. I'll just leave that up to people. Hopefully it, you don't see a ju- dramatic drop in, uh... uh downloads off the website because like everybody's drug users is that what you mean no because they would turn a bunch of people off well so be it i just leave that up to the lord okay well that's Uh, cool what what can we do about it now cats out of the bag right well you know it's it's interesting one of the things we got into last week was the nature of truth and the fact Mm -hmm. that jesus said i'm the way and the truth and the life 
if you're really following truth, it doesn't matter who calls you what. That's right. That's yeah. right. Well, and in fact, what you may find, some of you out there, it may not be immediately usable right now, but you need to file this information on your head when it touches your family, when yeah. it touches uh, people closer, far to you. And as, if we are in the last days, I think you're going to see more and more putting this in a positive light about touching the other side and getting messages via the use of these drugs. Uh, Hitler, actually, that was the way he got started. He, he was introduced to mescaline and peyote. Really? Uh, and that's how he found his assistant, ascendant masters that told him the message he had and what his goal in life was. Wow. He was brought from Mexico, and that's how he got started wow. with his leaders. So um, you, you're going to hear more and more about this, I think, and you just need to be aware of what the roots of it could be mm. and the spiritual side of it. Mm. And so um, it's another thing that sheds light on maybe what's behind this whole UFO thing, too. Yeah. I think. It's very, and the very interesting piece of the, pub- the inter- puzzle. The yeah. interdimensional potential route to it. Yeah. Well, we, we need to cut to it. So with no further ado, here's Dr. Lynn Marzulli and our talk about uh, the situation with uh, the role of drugs and spirit contacts and the prophetic implications. So with no further ado, here's Lynn Marzulli. Yeah. I've got more passage to share with you. There's another yeah, place please. where sorcery is mentioned in the Old Testament, and that's in Isaiah 47. And I'd just like to quickly share it with you because if those of you who are familiar with Revelation 18, of which I just read some excerpts about the fall of the great city Babylon mm-hmm. that will fall one day and the merchants that will mourn, you, you go back and look in your Bible and compare Isaiah 47 and Revelation 18. And let me just share with you some verses out of Isaiah 47. Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground. Uh, There is no throne, O O daughter of the Chaldeans, for thou no more shalt be called tender and delicate. Take the millstones and grind meal. Uncover thy locks, bear the leg, uncover the thigh, and pass over the rivers. Thy nakedness shall be uncovered. Yea, thy shame shall be seen. I will take vengeance, and I will not meet thee as a man. As for our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, his name, the Holy One of Israel. Sit thou silent, and get thee into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called the Lady of Kingdoms. I was wroth with my people, and I have polluted mine inheritance, and given them into thine hand. Thou didst show them no mercy. Uh, Upon the ancient hast thou very heavily laid thy yoke. And let me just remember, I didn't mention that that same passage in Revelation tells us, for God says for his children, to get out of Babylon. So remember, that is something we're supposed to get out of on this. He says in verse 7, And thou uh, saidst, I shall be a lady forever, so that thou didst not lay these things to thy heart, neither didst thou remember the latter end of it. Therefore hear now this, that thou art given to pleasures, thou dwellest carelessly, thou sayest in thy heart, I am, and none else beside me. I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children. But these two things shall come to thee in a moment in one day, the loss of children and widowhood. They shall come upon thee in their perfection for the multitude of thy sorceries and for the great abundance of thine enchantments. For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness, thou hast said, None seeth me. Thy wisdom and thy knowledge it hath perverted thee, and thou hast said in my heart, I am, and none else beside me. Therefore shall evil come upon thee, thou shalt not know from whence it riseth. And mischief shall fall upon thee, and thou shalt not be able to put it off. And desolation shall come upon thee suddenly, which thou shalt not know. Stand now in thine enchantments, and with the multitude of thy sorceries, wherein thou hast labored from thy youth. For if thou be able to profit, uh, if so, thou mayest prevail. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers and stargazers, the monthly prognosticators, stand up and save thee from the things that come upon thee. 
Behold, they shall be a stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame, and there shall not be a coal to warm at or a fire to set before it. And they shall be unto thee with whom thou hast labored, even thy merchants from thy youth. They shall wander every one to his quarter. None shall save thee. And I, I submit that that passage is almost an exact corollary of Revelation 18, mm. uh, where the where the widow, if you look at in 17 even as well as 18, there's a widow who says there's none beside her, and and uh, she falls in one day. And the merchants here who are practicing their sorceries, much like the drugs we're, we're talking about here, are, are the uh-huh. cause of the fall. But I'd, I'd like to mention something, uh, too, from the Word of God. There are some good examples of food to ingest from the Word of God as well, too, to put the other side on it. God does not want us to live a spiritual life of deprivation. Uh, We may live an austere life. We may lead a disciplined life. But he gives us from his abundance. Uh, Jesus said he's what? He said he's the bread of life. Mm -hmm. So he he wants us to ingest spiritually nourishing food, but but that which is nourishing. We're not telling people to live a life Mm -hmm. free of ingesting anything that's spiritual growth. And uh, he says, whoever eats of this bread shall live forever. And we know at the end, whereas we, we saw eating from a tree got us into trouble at the beginning mm-hmm. of our history as a race. Uh, at the end of the New Jerusalem, we're going to eat fruit from the tree of life for the healing of the nations. Huh. Hmm. So there, there, there is a positive side wow. to what God has in his way. But uh, I, I want to get back and focus a little bit on... Uh, uh, what we're talking about here as far as the, the negative side of what's going on in the day that faces us. Um, you know, there was a movie series that was really popular so much that it really affected our our culture, and that was a movie series called The Matrix. And mm-hmm. The Matrix was really about a person who happened to have discovered, and he actually was, was in a way selected. He was selected by beings on the other side, mm-hmm. that what he you lived in his day-to-day life was, was not the full reality. Mm-hmm. There was a reality beyond what was the means by which he could find out what was going on in that reality? What, what did he have to do? He had to take the red pill. He had to take a pill. In other words, he had to ingest mm-hmm. something, and suddenly his eyes were opened mm-hmm. to to this reality that was there. And I would suggest if you go back, and I've only scratched the surface on this, if you go back historically, looking at uh, esoteric uh, uh, historical documents and religions, that, that they have embedded a lot of this in, in some of these illuminated fraternities, just like the Rosicrucians. When you look at the chemical wedding of Christian, uh, was it Rosenkreutz? Uh, are, are you familiar with that, uh, Dr. Marzulli? Absolutely. Uh, this, this is another case where there, there was a, a symbology of a wedding and a union, and, and this whole concept of alchemy is a process. It, it had a cover story of, of turning lead to gold, but it was really an, an ingestion of a greater reality, which was called a great work. And it became alchemical in, in the sense that it actually married technology and science, or what they knew as chemistry, with the spirit world. Hmm. And so they're trying to merge this, this science and religion together. And that's exactly what's going on today. Well, in fact, we, we talked about that on our show the other night with Russ Dizdar mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. the in the last days. And in fact, the UFO whole cult thing is trying to to take the science of advanced technology that they say came from other planets mm-hmm. and merge it with the spirituality. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think we were seeing as part of the hallmark of the last days. Your, your Matrix thing is especially interesting because that movie has all sorts of sort of uh, uh, Christian themes in it. You mm-hmm. know, the, the pseudo-Christian, right. Yeah, the, yeah, pseudo-Christian, excuse me. Um, 
you know, the ship that they sail around on in the Earth is called Nebuchadnezzar. And, That's right. Uh, and Moravingian is one of the main yeah, bad guys, yeah. and I love it, and, and yeah. on and on like this. Mm-hmm. It's metaphor, and it's really programming and training for the people to get them to this alternative path from what we know as the standard Judeo-Christian path. But well, I, let, me, let me jump in again. And, and the problem with this is, and, and I'm going to open up a whole can of worms when I say this, and I probably shouldn't, but I have to. The problem that the church at large faces is we become this archaic institution. Now, I'm broad brushing here with a very large brush, and I don't mean, you know. <laughs> Not that broad. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, if you look at what, what the state of the church is in today, the Word of God isn't preached. They're, they're essentially, it's the most segregated um, group of buildings on the planet every Sunday morning where we have it right and we show up here and, and people sit and do nothing. There's no experience. They sit and the grand poobah gets up, um, you know, announcements, the tie, the this, the that, and we hear a 25-minute sermon and we walk out the doors and wonder what just happened. This is so exactly the opposite of what happened in the first century with Christianity where people brought something to the meeting. There were small meetings. There were mm-hmm. these mega churches with 10,000 people, maybe 25, 30, 40, 50, 100 people max. And each person would bring something to contribute to mm-hmm. the meeting. There were no grand poobahs. Yeah, there were elders and there were fathers and, and people that would oversee the meeting, but everyone could say, everyone brought something that the Lord had, had done in their lives that week. And what happened, this is exactly what the church is in China and India and, and in so-called you know, emerging churches overseas. It's modeled after a first century meeting, and, and there's no grand poobahs, no buildings, no stained glass windows. All that to say, the very organization which should have been been at the vanguard about you know and and and, and moving people into a mm-hmm. a real spiritual experience with the Holy Spirit has completely, for the most part, left that and 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 buried it so deep that you know people go, well, why should I go here? and sit in some dusty building and listen to some guy blab on and on for 45 minutes about, you know, who knows what. And when I can go here and get my third eye open and experience light and hear music, which would you take? Right. Which would you take? And unfortunately, the church, and again, I'm not, I don't apologize, but the church has not done her job. Mm. We've failed miserably, and that's why the exodus is happening. So in other words, these other groups are coming in and filling a void that is not being filled by those in the church. Wow, that's that's correct. That's very interesting. And and we we uh, are not creating an environment where people the, the Lord has what can satisfy our desires and our needs spiritually. Of course, we also have personal responsibility as well for that. But but it's there if we create an environment where it can be received. Um, th- there's another comment I want to make quickly, and then move on to uh, some specifics of what Dr. Strassman says from his book. Um, regarding this whole thing of drugs, and this is part of the reason why I felt like it was important to have a show on this. One of the things that is I've, I've sort of shed some light on, I think there's some prophetic implications that we're going to see more of this and that these drugs are going to be a gateway to spirit communications, not just having wonderful mystical trips, but actually communicating with intelligences. But we live in a drugged society right now. Mm-hmm. And I want to be real careful in what I say here in that uh, I have not been in a position where I've had uh, – children with significant behavioral disorders or other family members that have such significant problems that um, I understand there are cases where where even health care providers, uh, counselors are at wits end on what to do and need something, intervention when all else fails. Uh, so, so I understand those circumstances exist. But 
We live in a society now where a large percentage of our population, particularly our children, but even our adults, are largely on uh, uh, reality-altering drugs. And I think that's such a dangerous precedent for the last days when people have already been conditioned that they need these kind of drugs of, of unknown effect to be able to create an alternative reality. And it sets us up for widespread manipulation. And, and the scary thing is, is I've looked at some of these drugs that are, that are popular like Prozac and others and looking at their molecular structure, they're really not all that different from these classic psychedelic drugs like DMT and others we're talking about. No, heck no. They, they are neurotransmitters, and what they do is they alter the reality of what the brain perceives about the outside world. I remember, I remember talking to a guy who had a, he had a massive heart thing, and they were given a compendium of drugs. And uh, uh, one of them was a mood-altering medication that he wouldn't, he wouldn't uh, you know, freak out uh, and get mm-hmm. angry, which is, you know, stress. Right. And one of the things he said, he, he said, you know, for about two weeks I couldn't feel anything. And then I started having flashbacks from the 60s. Mm-hmm. And so then the doc, oh. said, the doc said, I told the doc, and then they changed me to some medication. I thought, wow. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking into that and going, wow, some of these things seem to be the same. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. really a chemist or anything. Right. Well, I know I, I was on a flight not long ago with a gentleman, a uh, businessman, who went with his kid to camp. And they were in camp. They, they got, the parents got to go for one day, sat in the lunchroom mm-hmm. at the camp. And they said it was, you know, time for the medicine. And he said that roughly half the children got up to take these mind-altering drugs, Ritalin, yeah, Ritalin equivalents stuff, of that. Right. Oh. Roughly one half of the kids. So it's not just that you have a few ones on the fringe that are special cases that need it. It has become so pervasive that it has become the prescription, the the antidote of first choice. Well, and I know uh, of the people that I know that it took Ritalin when I was a kid, uh, every single one of them that I can think of off the top of my head wound up being having serious behavioral problems. Serious. You mean after they started receiving? Yeah, even as adults now. Yeah. You know, I know one guy who's in jail. Well, you know, I did a quick survey online just very quickly of information mm-hmm. I could find on long-term effects and bottom line is I couldn't find that basically the, the medical people that I could see admitted they have no idea what the long-term effects will be of keeping children on these drugs is it going to be like other drugs where, where they'll need a stronger hit they'll need something stronger and stronger to, to keep that same effect going mm-hmm. or is it going to have, they have a breakdown at some age are they all going to go you know we know kids like the Columbine kids mm-hmm. that cause that were on these kind of drugs now we've got adults that are it's it's not only just a, a significant part on Prozac it has become chic it has become a key thing in our in our news our movies and things like that it's sort of a thing you sort of wink at mm-hmm. uh Prozac oh, you know yeah, you having a bad day Prozac. get the get the yeah. Prozac and in fact you're almost a minority if you're not on one of these drugs well gosh in my generation uh you know illegal drugs is practically like the norm mm-hmm. yeah you know? Coming, mm-hmm. coming from coming from a background in music, I was, you know, repeatedly like the only guy who didn't, you know, partake. Uh, D- Dr. Lynn, I, I would just like to get your comment on this. I, I would propose, and I, I've got stacks of medical information I looked up here on the, the damaging effect of these drugs and, uh-huh. and how if they're slightly off on medication, it can cause severe psychotic events, uh-huh. uh, you know, things they just simply don't know and admit they don't know. But I would submit that what is going on in these generations to get both adults and young people acclimated to staying on mood-enhancing drugs will help facilitate the kind of environment that I was pointing at in the last days in the book of Revelation. 
that, that it will become so commonplace that they'll be using these drugs and the fact that they are close surrogates of the kind of drugs that are already reported that, that put people in contact with these entities, that it's going to be a very, very fine line to cross to where it becomes just a widespread, that people are being facilitated to do that. Is that does that make any sense? Is that too extreme a position, or do you think that's part of the direction? Well, I, yeah, I, I think I think it's uh, I don't think it's extreme at all. I mean, that's exactly what we see is happening. I mean, you know, we, when you talked about the children at camp, you know, time to take your meds, and half the kids get up. I mean, uh, you know, we we have we have two daughters, and it's funny, but uh, you know, daughter number one, uh, you know, they they instantly wanted to put her on meds. Oh, she's bipolar. And I, I look at the person and I said, you know, how do you know that? How can you possibly determine from a, a couple of conversations whether this, you know, young girl is bipolar? And of course, we refuse the drugs and, you know, she's going through some stuff, but she's not bipolar. I mean, mm -hmm. you get what I'm saying? Right. And mm -hmm. it's like this, this, the, 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 the pernicious part about it is, is that it, it produces drug dependency. For, I'll just give you one example. There's, there's a guy that goes to our little fellowship, no names mentioned. And, uh, you know, he was told that, um, I, I, I think he was also told he was bipolar and needed meds. This by the, by this, this pastor's wife up in this little small town in California. And so, uh, you know, he went and he got the prescription drugs. And he was on prescription drugs, okay? And he absolutely flipped out, absolutely flipped out. Yeah, Took off all his clothes, you know, stood on the front yard and barked like a dog and yelled and screamed. And the police, you know, carted him off. And a couple of days later, he, you know, he came back into his right head. Well, you know, he's gone through this whole uh, trial process and everything else. Here he's being subscribed med, prescribed meds by, you know, supposedly doctors who know what they're doing. Um, and these guys, I mean, it's like it's like a, a flip of a coin. They don't really know. The studies are very inconclusive, mm -hmm. and it's just like thalidomide in the 50s. Oh, yeah, take thalidomide, and then we've got all these, you know, horrific thalidomide babies. I went to school with one. Right. I mean, you know, they're, they're practicing. They're experimenting. They don't know, and unfortunately, human beings are guinea pigs. And why some advances in medicine, look, are fantastic. I mean, my, my youngest daughter had leukemia. And, you know, the drug cocktails they gave her were, were absolutely horrendous. But guess what? She was cured. You know, so, I mean, that the proof is in the pudding, and she's 18 today. And, you know, right. it's been, uh, you know, a, a, over a decade since she was diagnosed. So, uh, you know, in some in some mm -hmm. respects, right. like broken legs and stuff that would kill you, maybe in the ancient world, now you get the pins in, and, you know, you're walking around and all this other stuff. But, but these drugs... That these that, that this generation is taking, and and again, I believe it's we are in the last days, and I believe this is just another one of a multifaceted Luciferian plan. It's just not one thing. It's just not Harry Potter or the movie Knowing or all these or all these you know pharmacia being taken by prescription drugs or illicit drugs like coming across the southern border. Why isn't the seventy mile fence reconstructed? Why haven't they stopped this? I mean, it's just absurd. They're tearing down the last, the last stronghold mm -hmm. on, on, in the globe, which is Christianity. Mm -hmm. We're it. We're holding this whole thing back. Like it or not, we're holding it back. And once they remove enough of us or get us out of the picture, then literally all hell will break loose. Well, it's funny you mentioned about holding it back because there has been a real debate in Scripture about uh, it talks about when the great restrainer, when the mm -hmm. restrainer is removed, then all this will be made manifest. Mm -hmm. In most most prophecy 
following Christians have said, oh, that must be the Holy it's, Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit in the church. Or, you right. know, they've had different thoughts about, about that. Right. But in, in one of the quotes in Dr. Strassman's book of one of the people who saw these beings coming after them and wanted to basically tear them apart, huh. they mentioned that there was there was other forces in there keeping them back. Hmm. And they said they they called them like the restrainers. Hmm. And it was the restrainers that, and, and the implication was given in the quotes of the people they encountered is that this restrainer would keep them from them from some time. And so going back to this whole thought we talked about, about a, a possible entryway, and this is all speculation on my behalf, but the fact that there is a spirit world and there's a physical world, they're both real. They have to interchange at some point. You know, some of these scientists are saying that maybe this pineal gland is the part where the spirit interacts with the human beings. I don't know. But it's so interesting that Scripture mentions this area of the forehead as being an important part of a gateway to protect for communication and also to protect people from these influences. So when I saw that, I immediately thought of that passage about when the restrainer is taken away, uh -huh. that there may even be some other definition of what this restraining force is to keep these dark spirits from oppressing us directly in our reality more beyond what we can even get our arms around i i agree with you there uh, i agree with you that, there. That, that's part of it um yep. i just just give you a couple little stats here uh i, I believe the generic name for for prozac is uh let me see if i can find it here uh Floexetine, I believe, and and one of the quotes from the medical sources I found out. Now these aren't ones that are that are anti-drugs. Okay, these are just generic medical sources. It says despite the availability of newer agents, uh, it uh, Floexetine remains extremely popular. Over 22.2 million prescriptions for generic formulations of Floexetine were filled in the U.S. in 2007. Now 22.2 million. Um, yeah. yeah, that uh, makes it the heavy. third. Now, it's just the third most prescribed antidepressant. Okay? Um, but now, they, they mentioned that, oh, by the way, fluoxetine taken during pregnancy also increases the rate of poor neonatal adaptation because fluoroxidine is excreted in human milk. Uh, they don't recommend it during nursing. Um, but but, but the, the other resources I have here basically talk about that um, these particular drugs, like the ones for ADHD, actually create the onset of schizophrenia and psychosis after taking the drugs. The, the data says uh, individuals with a diagnosis of bipolar schizophrenia who were prescribed stimulants during childhood typically have a significantly earlier onset of the psychotic disorder and suffer a more clinical course of psychotic disorder. Well, so when I think about what Russ Dizdar talks about the black awakening yep. and what goes on. I wonder if this might at least be some supporting component of it, that we're creating a time bomb in people. Uh, and it has a spiritual component, a spiritual component that allows these forces to basically, you know, oppress people. We're back here in Future Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom, we are rolling bionic. Well, we talked in this segment a lot about... The, the concerns that I have about our society becoming a drugged society. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things that we shared on the on the news last week was that there's this dramatic rise in prescription drugs that have went around. Mm -hmm. uh, what was it, 73 percent for kids, something like that? It was it was ridiculously high. Yeah, astronomical increase, number. Yeah. Um, where it just seems like it has become the norm mm -hmm. to to have our children and even our adults on. Um, uh, mood or reality altering drugs. Well, and one of the things that one of the things that radio some radio personalities that I've he heard 
talk about is that there's in fact a concerted effort to get people in school on drugs and when when parents say yeah, I don't want my kid taking that the school says look he has to she ha- he or she has to take that or we're not letting them back in school when in fact mm-hmm. it's not really well it starts wrong. breaking their will with vaccines yeah you I mean if they don't take the vaccines no matter how much the the uh, mercury they have on them mm-hmm. or even the aborted uh, baby fetus material that they mm-hmm. use to grow the cultures in they don't mm-hmm. care yeah, and if you doubt any of that's in there, go check out the court case that the Catholic priest just won a chaplain. Yeah, in the military that proved there was aborted uh, uh, baby material in there and why he he didn't have to take it. So mm-hmm. that's that's how sick the world is. We are, and we've mm-hmm. got a a world of people that are getting strung out on things. Well, and a lot of people come to me and they say, why should I, why should I care about that? I'm just interested in the gospel. Well, guess what? Those people want to kill you. Mm-hmm. And they're coming. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. right. It'll come to you. Yeah. Well, speaking of coming to us, uh, Merv needs to come and tell you how to get a hold of us at FutureQuake. FutureQuake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we've got like two or three seconds. Okay, Uh, that's all I have to say. Come back tomorrow for the last segment. Until then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a great day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, no fan of DMT. Bionic. Really? I'm glad to hear that. Well, this yeah. is the Thursday edition of our show, mm-hmm. which means it's our last segment of our interview uh, where we've invited Dr. Lynn Marzulli, uh, the, the author of um, Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural, mm-hmm. that has joined us in this discussion as a, a investigator and pastor who's familiar with this topic that we're talking about, which is the role of drugs and spirit contacts and the prophetic implications. Hmm. Um, there's a tie to ETs and communications on the other side, which was the main thrust of, uh, well, we wanted to have Dr. Marzullian Bob from his work, but we found out, too, that he's had brushes with this whole issue with drugs and mm-hmm. what is, and it turned out he was a very fortuitous uh, guest to have on for this. Yeah, you know, I was I was surprised at his level of honesty. Not that he's mm-hmm. dishonest or anything. Right, I know what you're saying. I just, he was like, like look, mm-hmm. we really got to lay this out here and well, these these gentlemen who we know and have on our show have had quite experiences in their life yeah. leading to where the Lord's brought them. I know. And uh, we can use it in an instructor. They don't glorify what they've been through, but they use it as a warning. And mm-hmm. thank goodness they're on the other side. But yeah. if you have any loved ones who are considering using uh, even prescription drugs or other kind of things, we just warn you there are spiritual implications that you may not fully grasp. And I'm not talking about the fact that they just yeah. have immorality. There are... Beings on the other side that want to get a hold of our loved ones, and I just want to warn all of you. But let's cut away to our last segment, and then we'll wrap it up here on Future Quakes. And without further ado, here's here's Dr. Lynn Marzulli, and then we'll be right back here at Future Quake. 
Uh, we're getting to the to the latter part of the show, and now I'm getting actually onto some particular information uh, from uh, from Rick Strassman. And if you don't mind, I'd like to share some of it, and both yeah. of you just interject at will on this, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Dr. Rick Strassman, who, by the way, I'll just say when I read his book, I felt like, uh, for the best I could tell, not knowing the gentleman personally, w- tried in a very honest fashion to just report things mm-hmm. as a as a searcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has had some experience and background in Buddhism, and obviously that influences his view, although he found himself disenfranchised when he started exposing the fact that the people in the Buddhist temple where he was involved with, it all had told him they had started using LSD when they were younger, and that had <laughs> opened them to portals and right. to special experience with entities that led Not them into Buddhism. Right, right. And and when he late, years later, although they had supported his research, when he met, mentioned this, uh, they got down on him pretty hard, and mm. they pushed him out of the group after he'd been practicing with them for for years. You know, uh, this is exactly what happened with my experience with the guru. Um, the Mahatmas would sit in India and smoke, mm. you know, smoke a ton of hashish, and then meditate. And this is this is how they, you know, the, the drug, the hallucinogenic drug of of how would open up their third eye, open them up, and act as a springboard into the lower astral, into the occult. I mean, it's just, it's all, there's nothing new. You know, it's just, and it's, this stuff was dressed up and westernized, and this little mm-hmm. guru kid came in, and everybody, you know, fawned over right. him, and this is it's just unbelievable. And all it is is witchcraft. It's pharmacia. It's all yeah. it is. That's right. That's right. You know, when you, when you pull it back and look at it. Well, doc, Dr. Strassman, I had asked him to come on our show, and he seemed oh. to be very interested in coming on our show, very supportive. And I, I told him we wanted to do just a very honest uh, discussion of his clinical research, and right. uh, and I and I meant that, just a very respectful research, because I think he reported his data in a very matter-of-fact tone, uh, and and I think was being generally honest with people about what he observed. Um, sometime later, when I, we had already talked about dates and times, so sometimes later he. He had gotten back to me and said that he had seen some stuff on our website that disturbed him, some links, and he mm. declined to appear, uh, which he really at my blog. well, it really Sorry. saddened me because um, uh, I, I really wanted to have a, a, a good forum that was respectful for him to talk and to mull over his information. Uh, and I had asked him what information disturbed him, and I hadn't heard back from him. So, mm. uh, you know, I, I would still like to discuss further what he found. But let me just mention here the background. Uh, but in 1990, he says, I began the first new human research with the psychedelic or hallucinogenic drugs in the United States in over 20 years. These studies investigated the effects of NN dimethyltryptamine, or DMT, an extremely short-acting and powerful psychedelic. During the project's five years, I administered approximately 400 doses of DMT to 60 human volunteers. Mm. This, this research took place at the University of New Mexico School of Medicine in Albuquerque, where I was a tenured associate professor of psychiatry. So this, this is no fly-by-night kind of thing thrown up in a back room done. This was all you know, government-funded yeah. uh, and, and carefully uh, administered. Uh, he says here that the late Willis Harmon... Uh, possessed one of the most discerning minds to apply himself to the field of psychedelic research. Willis, earlier in his career, had published the first and only scientific study using psychedelics to enhance the creative process. When I met him 30 years later in 1994, he was president of the Institute of Noetic Sciences, an organization founded by the sixth man to walk on the moon, Edgar Mitchell. Mm. Mitchell's mystical experience, stimulated by viewing the Earth on his return home, inspired him to study phenomenon outside the range of traditional science, which nevertheless 
might yield to a broader application of the scientific method. Opponents and supporters of abortion rights may find fault with my proposal here that the pineal DMT released at 47 days after conception marks the entrance of the spirit into the fetus, which is one of his wow. suppositions in his book. He says they may also dismiss the proposal that DMT can allow our brains to perceive dark matter or parallel universes, realms of existence inhabited by conscious entities. Now, this gentleman was not really a big believer into that kind of stuff when he did the study according to his admission, mm -hmm. was definitely not looking into that. And when they collected the data, the fact that these people all come back talking about seeing like greys or these aliens right. or having abductions, mm -hmm. totally caught him and the subjects off guard. The subjects were not interested in the UFO stuff either. They were just doing their thing. Now, yeah. you know, people would, would assume, well, this is a mass psychosis, uh, this is a mass hallucination. Except you know, they it did was, it in a clinical... Well, it, you know, maybe it was imprinted in their subconscious from what they hear in the news and things like that. But but the interesting fact is that that many of them saw some of the same creatures. Mm -hmm. They talked to them, and they're all independently sequestered. In fact, after the study... Some of them met some of some of the other ones and were so disturbed by the results that they formed a support group afterwards because they had been so disturbed Whoa. by what they had seen in this as well. But now you you heard in there, uh, Dr. Lynn, about this gentleman who was sort of his mentor, Willis Harmon, uh -huh. uh, who was president of the Institute of Noetic Sciences. Are, are you familiar with that organization? Yeah, as you mentioned, that's, uh, that's Edgar Mitchell's uh, brainchild uh and, and as we all know, I mean, he's he's a proponent for the uh, UFO disclosure. He came on recently, I think a couple of weeks ago, once again saying that Roswell was real, right. that uh, the alien, the so-called extraterrestrial alien presence is here, is going to be full disclosure, and, uh, you know, our government is hiding something. So, you know, is he, is he a shill? Is he a spokesperson? Is he kind of switched on? You know, don't know. Uh, we have. I act, actually tried to interview him for my book, The Alien Interviews, and he declined. Right. Um, you know, for whatever reason, he did decline. Jesse Marcel came on, mm -hmm. and other people. But you know, he's he's a believer that we, uh, uh, you know, his worldview is is completely uh, sure. antithetical. I believe, and basically, he believes that these are extraterrestrials, and of course, I believe that they're interdimensional and specifically fallen angels masquerading as such. Well, uh, I did a little research on this gentleman, Willis Harmon, uh -huh. uh, who had studied the effects of psychedelics to enhance human performance. Uh, he also, it, it, first of all, the Institute of Noetic Sciences, if you start studying some of these things that we look into, they pop up everywhere. Their hands are in a little bit of everything. They're extremely well-funded, huh. uh, and they are always doing cutting-edge research in these kind of things like what we talk about. Uh, and, in fact, I've even read from some sources that some of our top evangelical leaders are connected to people who are high up in this. It's very, very disturbing what I've seen uh, about that, and I want to research that further. Um, but now this gentleman also was the head of the Stanford Research Institute, or SRI, which that organization I remembered was one that really started remote viewing. They're the ones that started that whole process, the research into ESP, all these other kind of things. This gentleman also was in control of that, too. Uh, uh, and then he started an organization, and his mission, he said, was to raise consciousness in the international business community. And he started something called the World Business Academy. Uh, the guy's, you know, worth a ton of money, and now he has this World Business Academy to raise this consciousness, spiritual consciousness, in the international business community. And you remember what I said about the, the sorcery performed? 
by the by the mighty men of, of earth, the merchants mm-hmm. in Revelation 18, that they would use this ability to use pharmakia to communicate with these creatures to be able to extend their exploitation over the people of the earth. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if some yeah. of these organizations, in fact, um, and I'm, again, speculating here, could actually be some of the tools that could be used uh, for some of these kind of things. Because if you look, for example, in Brave New World, uh, written by Aldous Huxley, he basically presented what I consider a playbook of the New World Order, mm-hmm. where he actually showed a scenario where the entire popula- population was drugged. Mm-hmm. They were given Soma, Soma. They, were, they were given right. drug, they were kept in the drug state, right. while the elites ruled the world. Right. And they were doing eugenic breeding, they were controlling, they didn't want any of the savages to breed, they only wanted their favorite people to breed. Uh, and to me, I think that is just a picture of what we hear in Revelation 18, although I think we'll find that the spirits that these people are communicating with may have other plans for them. Let me jump in again. And you remember the thing, the only the only force, which is, and I don't use that in a Star Wars sense, but the, there's, there's a force here, and it's a Christian force. Um, and, and it's like a force that stands up and says abortion is wrong. And that the you know fifty million babies that have been slaughtered in this country is literally a Luciferian blood sacrifice, mm. you know. And there's like there's it's I don't want to use these words because they'll come and arrest me. But there's almost like there's almost like we're on the verge of a civil war. I'm not the only person mm-hmm. who sees this. Yeah. But there's such a split in this country in worldview between a sanct- I mean even Obama. I don't know if you guys caught this in his last press conference. He was asked point blank, you know, what about abortion? And basically, you know, he just, he, he told us exactly that a woman should always have the right to choose. So in other words, he's not, he's not for life. He's for death. You can, you can tap dance around the issue all you want. You know, it's, it's really black and white. Either you're for life or you're for death. You're going to kill the baby. Let's not call it a fetus. Let's call it for what it is. And, you know, it's like, that's only the tip of the iceberg. I mean, we are being pounded with this stuff. You know, gay rights, gay marriage. Um, the abortion issue, euthanasia, uh, you know, relative moral, moral and ethics, situation ethical, uh, situation ethics, you know, moral right. relativism. I mean, all these, we're just being bombarded constantly to where if you go to like my, my 18 year old and go, hey, Sarah, you know, what's right or wrong? She kind of, her eyes glaze over and she has no clue how to answer you. Right. And that's my daughter. You know, that's gone through the system. Now she's starting to get more of a grasp on it. We're starting to wrestle with some issues, and the things that we've talked to her about are now becoming more real to her than they were, let's say, a couple of years ago, because she's 18, and she's realizing that, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm being indoctrinated. She realizes it. Well, it, and it's weird. That's right. Weird and, times. And I'm, I'm submitting here is that there is a plan, and it's a plan that's hatched. Uh, in the the dark Thousands forces, the dark yep. supernatural forces to use mind-altering materials to affect our physical body to open right. pathways. Now, some people may say, oh, we've already been through that in the 60s. Well, for all the impact it had on our culture with the drug culture and everything, that was nothing compared to what we're in store for. Uh, that, that actually was somewhat overblown by our media, uh, and we had... Um, uh, you know, we we, we had it. I, I think even uh, you know greater emphasized as far as there were certain parts of the country, California, other places, Greenwich Village, and places where where it was actually much more pronounced. But um, now we're we're seeing it where it's basically a common thing across social strata. It's not just young people; it's children on drugs. It's older adults on drugs. 
Uh, it's drugs of every shape and form and purpose. It's ecstasy going out at raves. It's it's the whole thing going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say it has prophetic implications. Let let me just share with you a little bit more in the last few minutes about the description of some of these events. And I've got many more pages of notes on this. But uh, uh-huh. if you go to rickstrassman.com, you can actually go in and read an interview he did and also go through the, some of the chapter readings. And uh, those of you who are interested in prophecy, I think you'll be surprised. It says, I had taken a 1,000 pages of notes at the bedside of volunteers, 400 DMT sessions that we gave them over the space of five years is chemical. In reviewing people's accounts of their experiences, probably half, maybe more, reported having the experience of being in some sort of contact, some sort of relationship, more or less passive, more or less active, with these freestanding, discreetly demarcated, sentient sort of beings. I ended up calling them beings rather than entities or aliens or any sort of thing because it seemed like the most neutral term to use. But they were described in various shapes and forms and guises. Sometimes they were humanoid. Sometimes they were insectoid. Sometimes they were reptilian. Sometimes plant-like. They were well, what more, does that sound like? Well, no, exactly. It says mm-hmm. they were more or less aware of the volunteers. Oftentimes they seemed to be expecting the volunteers and were glad to see them and then began interacting with them. Oftentimes they seemed surprised and angry at the volunteers' consciousness, at the very least had intruded upon their sphere of activity of that particular being. Sometimes the volunteers were treated or experimented on. Sometimes they experienced uh, some type of sexual intercourse with the beings. Some were told scenarios of the future. Others were marked somehow or another for future reference uh, in a way. Others showered light and love on them. Uh, others were guides to lead them to some other place, through a tunnel leading to a typical near-death or mystical experience. So it's the whole, whole gamut of what you might expect. So, I mean, th- these are, and in fact, in one of his chapters, he closes and he says, I have to admit, this is basically identical to what I read Dr. John Mack talks about, the alien abduction yep. experience. Same thing. Same, he says same, it's the same thing. They dovetail. Now, some people might say, well, then that just means it's all in their head. They had some kind of weird experience. But even this physician, this this psychiatrist said, this is not a mass psychosis because he said that unlike where he's reviewed many other people that have had these kind of psychosis events, he said, or hallucination, he said they didn't fit the profile in that he said the reality of where they were was more real than when they returned. They could give very, very explicit descriptions. They weren't in sort of like a druggy haze. They could give very, very precise, like fully lucid description of what was going on. They could even see the entities and everything else going on when they took the mask off and they could see the room. So they could see both at the same time uh, coexisting while they were there. Mm. And they said they had, in fact, many of these people, uh, like uh, they reported some cases where they had, had a circle of people, not in this study, but another circle of people doing and the same people saw the same thing. They saw serpent-like beings around them. Independent people saw it at the same time, same experience. Uh, and in wow. fact, they said when they left and they came back in dreams, for example, in dreams you'll pick up where you left off in a recurring dream. In these people's case, they could tell time had elapsed in this other world just like mm-hmm. it had in our own, where they were picking up in a, in a later date or whatever in it. So all these things were, were, were going on. And... Um, I have so many other notes that I'm not going to be able to share about some uh, special things that they shared. But I would like to just read uh, a a related experience because most of these are just absolutely frightening about basically being raped, uh, being consumed by these creatures. Uh, These creatures would tell them that there is no love there and, and love has no place where they are. And they were basically without hope when they were there. 
So th- this was the kind of word they had. But but I want to just read a, a little quick uh, closing, uh, the beginning of an article from National Geographic called To Hell and Back. And it was from a particular woman who actually went in the jungles uh, in the Amazon area where they take this drink. They put DMT with some other plants so that right. your human body, your body is actually put in defenses. And I believe God has put them there to neutralize the DMT. The DMT actually is, is diminished and controlled, but they can overwhelm it, either shooting it through the, through the veins or they can actually mix other plants. And the shaman said that other beings from somewhere else showed them how to do this. Who knows? It could have been Nephilim that showed them how to do it. But anyway, um, here's the, the, the lady right at the beginning of the article explaining what one of her recent trips in the jungle with the shaman drinking. She would actually drink it, the ayahuasca that has a DMT in it. She says, I will never forget what it was like, the overwhelming misery, the certainty of never-ending suffering, no one to help you, no way to escape. Everywhere I looked, darkness so thick that the idea of light seemed inconceivable. Suddenly I found myself swirling down a tunnel of fire, wailing figures calling out to me in agony, begging me to save them. Others tried to terrorize me. You will never leave here, they said. Never, never. She says, I found myself laughing at them. I'm not scared of you, I said. But the darkness became even thicker. The emotional charges suffering nearly unbearable. I felt as if I would break from heartbreak, burst from heartbreak. Everywhere I felt the agony of humankind, its tragedies, hatreds, its sorrows. I reached the bottom of the tunnel, and I saw three thrones in a black chamber. Three shadowy figures sat in the chairs. In the middle of what it looked to be the devil himself. You can imagine who's in those other two chairs. Now, this, yeah, that's, that's my addition there. Because this person was not a religious person. She was not familiar with the evangelical paradigm. But I'm thinking that was for the uh, Antichrist and false prophet. But uh, uh, the, 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 the devil himself in the middle of the chair says, The darkness will never end, he said. It will never end. You can never escape this place. So uh, I says, I can't. I replied all at once. I willed myself to rise, settled through the tunnel of fire, higher and higher until I broke through to a white light. All darkness vanished. My body felt light at peace. Uh, and slowly my vision faded. Uh, my ayahuasca vision faded. I returned to my body uh, to where I lie in a hut, insects calling from the jungle. Huh. No, thanks. So- <laughs> you, you, you don't. You don't want it. Your curiosity doesn't want you to. Uh, I'm just going to crack it. thank you. Yeah, I'm just going to stick with like green tea myself. You're going to stick with green tea. <laughs> yeah, I would stick with no the chamomile, chamomile tea. Yeah, yeah, not not to make light of that, uh, because I I had all sorts of other cases in here of the diabolical things these creatures would say, and I can't right. help but think they're real. They took every skeptic, every every uh, psychiatrist that. Uh, looked at this and, and didn't believe in this kind of stuff and said, by all accounts, they are seeing a reality. Mm. And so I think we're going to see more of that. In fact, uh, the doctor in his book says that uh, there are now actually a rise in Iohuska churches in America God. that are growing, where they're actually part of their religious services to drink this stuff and have these experiences. So, you, you know... Um, rest is dark's black awakening may only just be part of it. There may be yeah. all sorts it's of like, dimensions of terror. Uh, we've got about two minutes, Steve. Both of you gentlemen have any last words you want to say? Uh, I want to pass. <laughs> I'm still I'm still processing all of this stuff. It's heavy. Let me uh, yeah. Let me let me close by saying this: that the the Luciferian agenda uh, is is multifaceted. It's not just a one dimensional one trick pony. It's on so many different levels. And, you know, he knows his time is short. <clears throat> Not only is it political, because it certainly is that, but it's also very supernatural. 
And what we see is we see everything manifesting, beginning to manifest, um, not only with UFOs and, and abductions, crop circles, cattle mutilations, and all the nefarious machinations going on with the UFO phenomena in itself, but now we move into little kids taking Ritalin and just the, the drug epidemic, which is not only here but certainly worldwide. And it's it's we're being prepped for something. I I blog today, and I'll just close with this. I blog today that I really feel we're on the verge of something. Something's about to happen. Uh, uh, I have no idea what it is, but I'm I, I'm very unsettled in my spirit right now. Mm-hmm. So, well, do you, do you think? Um, I know this is very dark material. What I what I presented. Do you, do you think it's worth it that that discerning Christians should know about this material and be on the lookout for it? Yeah, I mean, listen. I think I think that. They don't have to go into the depth that maybe we did it on the show, but or let's put it this way: we just did it an hour and a half, and you we really, you know, you you've delved into this. You've got tons of notes. They don't need to do that. After an hour and a half, they know to stay away from it, and they know what it what it will lead to, and they know it's just another trick of the enemy. And I think I think we've covered the bases. I mean, mm-hmm. but yeah, we we need to warn people. We need to warn people of this stuff. And next time you're you're requested to take one of these mind altering drugs. Uh, you might want to pray about it first. You might want <laughs> you to think? think real hard before you give yourself over, particularly if what what I have speculated surmised possibly are are in times prophetic implications of this is that there's a purpose why this stuff is becoming so prevalent now. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we might want to just give pause before we give the, the, our precious mind over, which which the Lord uh, you know has taken a place, and hopefully He has a throne in each of your hearts out there as listeners. And uh, don't give over for for the for the robber, or the, the the thief, or the false shepherd to allow his way in through any other kind of way. Uh, guard your hearts. And uh, mm-hmm. I just want to thank you, uh, uh, Brother Lynn. And I, would you tell us a website where people can go, with so, sort of a way they can find yeah. out all about you? I hate to use the word w- portal. W- I'm sorry, what? I said I hate to use the word portal, given what we've talked about, but at least a yeah, web. W- Place. There you go, website, www.lamarzuli.net, lamarzuli.net, lamarzuli.net. And that link will be on our show here on futurequake.com, too. Uh, please come back more frequently on our show. Thank you for yeah. coming in for a, for a strange show. Uh, we, we trust you and we value your opinions while we ask you to come on. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, Thank you. God bless. And I appreciate your, your assistance for us. And uh, we wish the best again at your conference coming up mm-hmm. with, uh, with yeah, Brother Russ. And, Roswell. and I hope our people are there. And everyone join uh, uh, Brother Lynn and myself and, and a bunch of other people you know out at Roswell, too. God bless you, Brother Lynn. You let us know whatever we can do in the future, okay? Likewise. God bless, guys. Thanks. We're back at the Future Quake Show with Dr. Future. And Tom careening at the implications of this bionic. Well, that's it. That's the total interview. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know what our listeners are going to think about it. I guess we'll hear soon. Heck, I'm still not sure what I think about it. (laughs) I don't don't know, man. Well, I hope it was instructive. It was very instructive. Well, like I said earlier, I, I wasn't sure what exactly we were going to get into, but I think you may have found solved another prophetic piece of the puzzle well we'll wait and see at mm-hmm. least it would be something for us to chew on file mm-hmm. away uh listeners if you have any comments we'd like to hear what you think about what we've discussed and in fact merv can tell you right now how you can contact us and let us know future quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com suitable for downloading or streaming as well as other show information Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E 
at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we're down to 15 seconds or so. Any wrap-up? Nothing. I'm just happy to be here, happy to be doing this with you. Me happy too. To be, well, thank you. Be doing it, man. It wouldn't be the same without you here, brother. I'd be very weird. And, you know, <laughs> the, the most far-out experience we want any of our listeners to have is listening to our show. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, speaking of that, tomorrow is tomorrow's Tremors or today's Review of the Future's News. Please check that out. But until then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, no fan of the Nazis, Bionic. Um, why are the Nazis coming up today? Because they've been coming up all week in my life. It's really weird. Is that right? Are yeah. you like Indiana Jones or something? Uh, you know, I didn't. I haven't found the uh, Holy Grail or the Ark, but <laughs> okay. I, I do feel like it. I mean, it's weird. Well, I want to find out more about that, but first of all, I just want to say welcome to all of our listeners, all of our Futurians listening out there, mm-hmm. our faithful guests uh, that are listening. And since it's Friday, uh, that means what? what Trash is today? day. Trash day? Mm-hmm. No. Any other guesses? Uh, it's not Arbor Day, is it? It's not Arbor Day or Bud Billiken Day. It is tomorrow's tremors or today's review of the future's news. And you know what? This week also signifies something else. The 500th time that I've gotten that wrong intentionally. No, it's more than 500. Uh, can you, can it's you, interesting that you don't give me the evil eyeball anymore. Over it. You're why just like, why waste the energy? <laughs> I was giving it to you. I know. I'm going to have to start coming up. It's like Charlie Brown with the football. I'm going to have to start. I'm going to have to let you kick the football at least once. Once or twice. That's yeah, right. right. Okay. Do you know what this week is? No. This is the last week of the first year of broadcast on WENO. This concludes really? our first year of broadcast on WENO AM 760 in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, praise the Lord. One year ago, we started. Yeah. High five. That's right. High five. I hope you heard that in the audience <laughs> there. And we give a high five to WENO. Yeah. Um, they were a real blessing to us and to our listeners providing this forum available for us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in the 52 weeks that we've been on on WENO, of course, we, we were on for over three years before on a prior station. Mm-hmm. But in our one year here... We had one show with Chris Pinto that there were some audio problems at the studio, mm-hmm. and they had some t- technical difficulties one week, so we re-ran that mm-hmm. to make sure people got the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, we have not had a single rerun in 52 weeks on wow. Future Quake. Uh, Even as sometimes people wish. Than Vernon Shirley and The Simpsons and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. But, you know, some people probably wish they had heard the test pattern instead or the <laughs> alerts. Oh, you can't do that on the radio. Oh, gosh, sorry. That's right. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can't fool people. It's not nice to fool Mother Nature. but uh, <laughs> Mother Nature? Yeah, that's an old commercial for chiffon margarine. You remember that? It's not nice to fool Mother Nature. I don't know what you're talking about. You were born yesterday, weren't you? 78. Actually, we know a lot about you because last of your week, show last week. Uh, last learning week, I about, laid it all out there. And yeah. we've already had some positive feedback from some listeners. It was a real departure from our normal Future Quake show. <sighs> well, you're, yeah. 
Lacking in uh, information, we still, devoid of substance. No, 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 no. We still have more people who are actually telling us that we should do more things like that. Yet still still fattening. and. But the way it looks, we're, we're going to have more UFO stuff crammed down their throat. Whether really? they want to hear it or not, it's well, going to be gosh. a UFO-thon. Uh, of course, this week uh, with uh, Brother Lynn Marzulli, mm. um, I think that ranks up there with one of our stranger shows. That I'll tell you, it was, it was one of the more informative shows. I think you have really unlocked possibly some sort of piece of the puzzle. Well, I hope it's not the pineal gland that I've unlocked. I hope it's just no, general no, 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 information. No, no, I mean, I think it's really, I think there's really a lot there that explains so much of uh, spiritual experience in general. You know, people mm-hmm. who aren't Christians go out there and. You know, have all these experiences, and most of the time Christians mm-hmm. go, "Well, that didn't really happen," or that, right, didn't, right, you know. right. But if at some point you have to believe at least some of those testimonies because it's people who are otherwise good, upstanding folks. I found it sort of creepy and interesting at the mm-hmm. same time. And yeah, and the pineal, the pineal gland says no, but they really are having mm-hmm. some experiences, mm-hmm. just not the, from the Lord. Well, you know, one reason that this theme is also going to be coming back and i've said many times on here that i don't emphasize the ufo angle uh, on our show but it just keeps coming up anyway in the news it's just sort of a a thing that people can't let go it's true and um just was talking to another gentleman the other day a guy who you would never guess in a million years Mm -hmm. would be interested in he was outside my home and was talking about other things and uh he said something about how they don't talk in church about a lot of things and Mm -hmm. something came up with ufos and him, and I said, you know, we talk about that stuff on our show, and he was shocked, because nobody will talk about a church, but he says everybody's always interested in it. I know, totally. Uh, but uh, one reason we're talking about it is we have, uh, we're going to try to have a number of guests who are going to speak, along with myself, at the Roswell uh, Ancient of Days Christian Symposium on Alien, Aliens and UFOs. Mm. That's going to be at the UFO Symposium mm. uh, there in Roswell, New Mexico, at the UFO Festival on the July 4th weekend. So we're going to have some of these guests leading up to that and some other surprises in the next few weeks as well, too. And uh, we're really? going to have some great shows yeah, coming up. Uh, some big surprises. So can you let me in on any of no, those? No, you're not allowed. You're not cleared high enough in future questions. You're gonna actually. You're gonna like actually get. That I have pyro on. Pyro is sworn to secrecy. Lay him, lay him on the table. He's actually 34th degree, so Pyro is able to know really? some of these secret things. Yeah, but you know he doesn't speak. He didn't. He didn't let up what he knows. He walks softly, but carries mm-hmm. a big. He's like a watcher. A big froggy. Well, you know, I have a stack full of stories here to go over. Yeah. Uh, again, call out, say hey to our friends on Revelations Radio Network and Prophecy, mm-hmm. uh, WorldOfProphecy.com. But do you have uh, some stuff you'd like to share? I have a hot, several hot stories. Okay, I'll I'll just go quickly with this one, just because it's something that I mentioned here on the show. All right. Almost about a year ago. Okay. Actually, um, top Nazis planned EU-style Fourth Reich. A writer who was collecting material for a fictional book based around the premise that top Nazis seeking to preserve their power at the end of the Second World War conspired to create a Fourth Reich under the auspices of the European Union actually discovered documents proving the plot to be true. In a a Daily Mail piece, Adam Labor reveals how he uncovered U.S. military intelligence report EWPA-128, also known as the Red House Report, which details how top Nazis secretly met at the Maison Rouge Hotel in Strasbourg on August 10, 1944, and, comma, knowing Germany was on the brink of military defeat, conspired to create a Fourth Reich, a pan-European economic empire based around a European common market. Now, was this because they had lost the war? They were planning this as Plan B, or was this planned all along? This was, well, according to this, it was Plan B. Okay. Um, 
But the interesting thing is is just how you know we've talked uh, some about uh, the Bush family connections to the Nazi Party, certainly with Prescott Bush mm-hmm. uh, laundering money for uh, the maker of the concentration camps. And uh, I've mentioned that uh, Thyssen, you know, you drive around town and you mm-hmm. see the, like, Krupp Thyssen and Hold Thyssen right. and all that guy. Right. Um, uh, Mr. Thyssen was, was big in the Nazi party, giving lots of money to, right. to Adolf Hitler and stuff. Um, and here he is still around. Uh, and the third thing was, as I mentioned when we, when we were talking about this, is that in Davos, Switzerland, mm-hmm. Davos, Switzerland was, like, the biggest Nazi base outside Germany for spying. And, mm-hmm. um, in fact, it was where they had a lot of their economic headquarters for their uh, clandestine spy networks. Did they, did they also store a lot of their wealth they smuggled away from mm-hmm. people in concentration camps they and did. send and, it over to Switzerland? And I actually uncovered that. There's a book There's a book actually written by Adam Labor, the guy who mm-hmm. uh, uncovered this document. Um, Wouldn't that be a cool name to have? Adam Labor. No, it means... La, and then there's Boar. The Boar. Yeah. I don't <laughs> Adam know. Just, just sounded very uh, <laughs> articulate and, you know, Yeah. I don't want to have, like, you know, Senor Dragonfire or, yeah. you know, Nothing not Destroyer. Something, not something boring like Tom Bionic. No. Okay. No. But what else do these people uh, have to say? Well, top Nazi industrialists were ordered by the SS Obergruppenführer, Dr. Scheid, to set up front companies abroad and pose as Democrats in order to achieve economic penetration and lay the foundations for the reemergence of the Nazi party. The Third Reich was defeated militarily, but powerful Nazi era bankers, industrialists, and civil servants, reborn as Democrats, soon prospered in the new West Germany. There they worked for a new cause, European economic and political integration, writes Labor. Wealthy Nazi industrialists like Alfred Krupp of Krupp Industries and Friedrich Flick, uh, as well as front companies like BMW, Siemens, Volkswagen, uh, and others set up set about the task of building a new pan-European business empire. According to historian Dr. Michael Pinto Dushinsky, an advisor to the Jewish former slave laborers. Yeah, is he related to Chris Pinto? Well, you're going to have to take that up with him. Okay. For many leading industrial figures close to the Nazi regime, Europe became a cover for pursuing German national interests after the defeat of Hitler. The continuity of the economy of Germany and the economies of post-war Europe is striking. Some of the leading figures in the Nazi economy became leading builders of the European Union. Right, right. right. Well, Operation Paperclip and thing, they, mm-hmm. they basically ran our rocket and science program and our intelligence Mm-hmm. organization too mm-hmm. uh, you know um, speaking of that's an interesting article um, both Stan Monteith and Dennis Cuddy Dr. Cuddy who I'd like to have on our show yeah. uh, have been talking about this about e- either and I, I'm not quite sure I fully grasp but either they did it as a plan B thing where they had planned about keeping up the goals of uh, Germany or at least the personal interest of the guys at the top or it was something that was planned mm-hmm. all along where some people say that some of these wars are already predetermined, mm. and these guys were like there was a lot of things did a lot of money confiscated, a lot of stuff changed hands, of course a lot of war profiteering, mm-hmm. and these guys were in on it. Well, that uh, I mean, uh, who knows? In other words, it was all a big game. Who knows? Except for a lot of people dying. We do know that we do know that you know in the past you know the the Rothschilds say, which is you know standard fare this this story standard fare on this show, but the Rothschilds profited heavily from. Uh, uh, the Battle of Waterloo, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, we also know that you know uh, Winston Churchill was 
during World War One or during the sinking of the Lusitania was secretary, the equivalent of secretary of the Navy, and he intentionally ordered the Lusitania's military escort uh, to back off the mm-hmm. ship and be right. sunk. Right. You know, there there are a lot of things like that, uh, mm-hmm. and so I, I I certainly don't see that out of the, out of the realm. I of don't either. I mean. Things that a couple of years ago I thought were absolutely preposterous. Mm-hmm. Now I think it's preposterous that I believe what the media told us all along. Now I can't realize you know, how how stupid I was for that. Yeah, it's interesting how often, uh, speaking only for myself, how often times that uh, really getting at the being addicted to the truth, trying to find the truth mm-hmm. no matter what, it ends up having this almost matrix-like thing where you you know once you believe this thing, it's like. You know, you've discovered this whole hidden world where... And then you sort of suspect how they do stuff. Mm-hmm. After a while, when you see stuff on the news, you know, that's not all there is going mm-hmm. on. This smacks, particularly if you read history books. And I'm sure. not talking about the ones that give you in the classroom. Ones like Creature from Jekyll the, Island. The pre-chewed <laughs> stuff. I'm talking about, like, the really good stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, all you have to do is read good history books mm-hmm. to, to, from real experts to find out and I would, and it's I would, not what we've heard all along. Uh, and I would recommend heavily, highly, this guy Adam Labor, who found mm-hmm. this found this uh, uh, U.S. military intelligence report. He wrote a book called Hitler's Secret Bankers, which just obliterates the lie of Swiss neutrality during the Nazi, ah, uh, during the, interesting. Know, the World War II. Oh, it was, huh. it was pretty bad. It well, was pretty rough. I mean, you know, the, the story of the Nazis not giving the gold... Giving the gold and the money and stuff mm-hmm. back to uh, uh, well, the, the Holocaust. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. But it goes, uh, it goes much farther than that. In mm-hmm. that they didn't openly help, but certainly cast a very blind eye uh, on on the Germans' Davos operation. Mm-hmm. You know, there was ten thousand people in Davos that lived at Davos, mm-hmm. uh, like citizens, Swiss citizens, and there was another ten thousand Germans there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like every other guy is a spy, right? 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 You know, and that well, seems Spain, to be the case. Spain was a lot like that too. Sure. Spain was just crawling with spies. Mm-hmm. But you know, one thing you can say about Switzerland is that they didn't give up the von Trapp family when they walked, you know, across mm. those mountains, you know, mm-hmm. and the the nuns helped them escape and took the distributor not, cap off the uh, Nazi vehicles. I'm not familiar with that story. You've never heard of the Sound of Music? It's no. like this little small movie that was done. Sometime. I don't. I don't watch TV, man. Christopher Plummer and Julianne. You're not pulling my leg, are you? You no, don't play not. the Sound of Music. No, I mean I've heard. I just haven't seen the movie. Oh my goodness, you are a communist, no. or are you a Nazi? Nazis don't like that movie a lot. They, they're in a shown in a negative light there. No, I'm just tired of. Well, I just don't have any time. Just a general really fascist. Really, what it comes out? What? Yeah. Just it's very wide. See, we know a lot more about you now after know, that prior true. show. So well, there's like I was saying on the show. It's so oftentimes people sit in front of their TV, and you know, just mm-hmm. look at look at the psychiatry reports and the you know the mm-hmm. brainwave scans that they have I people know. watching TV. You I go saw into it in a the, low depressive state. I I saw it in the fifth grade. They took everybody at elementary school to mm-hmm. go see it. So oh. in California, what would you go see? I don't know. Like laugh in or something. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, well, I have a story. I think it's generational, too. Okay. I'm 30, 31, and you're... I bet you there's people your age 92. that have seen the sound of music. It's considered sort of an institution. Okay. Well, all right. All right. I, all right. I, I, don't I'll, you play music? I thought you were a musician. Yeah, I know. The sound of music to me means sitting no. down with my guitar. Doe, a deer, a female deer. Doesn't that don't ring? Don't ever do that again. You don't ever remember any of that? Ray, a drop of golden sun. Yeah, okay. they learn Guess that what movie day. that came from? 
The Sound of Music. Oh, really? Climb every mountain. I'm and of course, my, my favorite. <laughs> little boys, little that is a boys. very pretty song. Yeah, it was sung by Christopher Plummer. Mm. It was just on TV just I've a few a nights great, ago. I've got a great instrumental version. I should introduce you to that. You well, would like it. You should be introduced to the original Sound of Music. You know, people people told me the same thing about the movie where, uh, with, uh, uh, I was going to almost say Rod Stewart, but not Rod Stewart. Um, the movie where he, he owns the bank. What is the name of that movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, it's a guy where he thought he was going to die. Thought he wished he was dead with Jimmy yeah. Stewart. Yeah, Jimmy Stewart. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, we haven't had a UFO story in minutes. All right. Hit can us I, with the can Nephilim. Can I get back to the UFO story? No, there's no Nephilim in this. Okay. Well, that we know of. Is this a... I'm going to give it away. Just let me read the story. All right. Okay. This was from that crazy conspiratorial, crazy rumor mill called WorldNet Daily. The top news for Christian conservative wow. talk and news Great. online, okay? Mm-hmm. It's uh, titled Alien Nation. UFO scoop demanded of CIA military. Claimants Freedom Watch files. Freedom of Information Act request. Dateline Washington. What does the U.S. government really know about UFOs and other unexplained phenomena? That's what Larry Clayman's Freedom Watch organization wants to know. And the group has filed Freedom of Information Act request with the General uh, Central Intelligence Agency, the Defense Intelligence Agency, the Department of Defense, the National Security Agency, and the U.S. Air Force in an effort to find out. Uh, in addition, the group wants to see files on unexplained atmospheric phenomena and documents that could provide evidence of non-terrestrial technology and intelligent life. Wow. It is long. Now, let me just remind people, if they're not familiar with Freedom Watch and Larry Clayman, uh, th- they used to be part of a group called Judicial Watch. Mm-hmm. And they are a conservative, extremely well-respected public interest group in Washington that holds the feet to the fire of presidents, people in Congress. Uh, they're the top so watchdog. So the four torture is what you're saying? What Do you what? What did you say? You, you hold their feet to the fire. It was a no, joke. No, you hold it. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, just take the air out of the thing. Um, so anyway, but th- these are a conservative group that this is the last thing ever in the world you would expect them to be asking. Mm-hmm. Okay. It says it has long been surmised that government intelligence agencies have for years been covering up documents and activities relating to extraterrestrial intelligence. And a public answer is long overdue, said a report on the request in the May issue of the Freedom Watch newsletter. Uh, let's see. Clayman uh, has been associated with efforts to uncover government corruption for years, dating back to the Clinton administration. Have the tens of thousands of documented sightings over the years been the result of a collective psychosis? A self-delusionary fabrication of the mind? Or is there something more to these incidents? Asked the report. It makes specific mention of the mass sightings such as the March 13, 1997 Phoenix Lights and the Mexico City incident of July 1991. Yeah, that was huge. Mm -hmm. Were these incidents something akin to a mass hallucination? Were they black government projects in plain sight? Atmospheric phenomena? Or were they truly otherworldly in nature? The report asked. The report says the government has not had much to say about the phenomena since the Air Force's Project Blue Book and uh, was reportedly closed in 1969. As video and photography equipment has become inexpensive and universally available in recent years, the intrigue surrounding UFOs has only increased, says the report. Browse through YouTube and Google video websites and you will see thousands of home videos of alleged UFOs. NASA astronauts Gordon Cooper, Neil Armstrong, and Edwin Buzz Aldrin are among the many astronauts who have reported in interviews to have seen UFOs. Uh, 
You can find official NASA videos taken aboard space shuttle flights that have recorded UFOs that simply cannot be explained away. There have been countless recorded transmissions of veteran commercial aircraft pilots who have given minute-by-minute description of UFOs flying next to them. So many, in fact, that it has become official policy of all major airlines that their pilots no longer discuss UFO sightings with the public. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. The report cites a recent poll showing 72% of Americans believe the government is not telling the public everything it knows regarding UFOs. It's time for the truth to be known, and our question is simple and straightforward. What is the government not telling us about UFOs? Yeah. While the interest from all these respected organizations on the sun, uh, and, and again, a conservative group, mm-hmm. uh, not some Maybe far, there's something that they know. Well, we already know John Podesta uh, has come out saying the government needs to say what they know. Bill Richardson needs to know. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants to know. And so now we have this group, and I suspect that uh, this Larry Clayman and this group have some reason to risk their reputation by asking this. And wow. it just so happens that this afternoon, I tried to find out how to reach this gentleman mm-hmm. and was able to uncover a phone number to reach him. And um, he returned a call, and in a week uh, week after next, he's going to be on Future Quake. Oh, great. So awesome. we're going we're gonna to be able to talk about this live on air. Killer. So I thought that was cool. Well, that'll be very interesting to see what he has to say and see what he makes of it. Well, like I said, it, it, the news won't let it go. Wow. So, do you have something else you want to share real quick? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, this is actually a little bit uh, an older story, uh, but I feel it bears mentioning. Okay. Uh, uh, mainly for our mainly for our listeners out there in Radio Land. Well, we've got about four minutes, so if okay. you can leave me a minute or two at the end, okay. I've got some some other big late breaking. Okay. Well, I'll just give headlines. you the I'll just give you the the, the bullet points. Sixteen-year-old uh, Ashton Lundaby. Uh, his bedroom in his mother's Granville County home is nothing if not patriotic. Images of American flags are everywhere, on the bed, on the floor, and on the wall. But according to the United States government, the 10th grade homeschooler is being held on a criminal complaint that he made a bomb threat from his home on the night of February 15th. Family was at, at a church function that night, his mother Annette Lundaby has said. Uh, around 10 p.m. on March 5th, Armed FBI agents, along with three local law enforcement officers, stormed her home looking for her son. They handcuffed him and presented her with a search warrant. Uh, Lundaby told the officers that someone had hacked into her son's IP address and was using it to make crank calls connected through the Internet, making it look like the calls had originated from her home when they did not. Uh, Ashton now sits in a juvenile facility in South Bend, Indiana, uh, and he, his mother's had little access to him, uh, since his arrest, uh, Miss Lundaby has said uh, the U.S. Patriot Act stripped her of her son's due process rights. Okay. And um, she, she goes on to say, we have no rights under the Patriot Act to even defend them because the Patriot Act basically supersedes the Constitution. It wasn't intended to drag your barely 16-year-old, 120-pound son out in, the middle of, out in the middle of the night on a charge that we can't even defend. Uh, and there's been some there's been some other movement in that mm-hmm. you know basically the uh, the latest update that I have seen I haven't looked today but that that the federal government has said well we're no he's still being held uh, you know this mm-hmm. isn't Patriot Act stuff but you still can't see him now if I remember this young man they say that there was something like a bomb threat that came over a um, like a I think it was Skype mm-hmm. Skype phone. 
But the only thing is, he was an ironclad alibi. He was at church with a bunch of people at the time they say the phone was made. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't even anywhere near the equipment to make such a call. Well, he was not only that, but he was like in church in South Carolina or something. Okay, okay. Uh, so it's like really no no practical way from what they 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 have the evidence, but they're not even allowing him to have contact with relatives as a yeah, little yeah. teenager. Yeah, the whole thing is the whole thing is being conducted uh, from what leaks out of the media with yeah. an extreme air of. Well, according a flagrant disregard for constitutional rights. According to the Mike report, since he's attending a church and a Christian, he's probably a terrorist anyway. So, yeah. according to them, they probably have good grounds just from that fact. Well, and if you believe in the Lord and and uh, you've been privy to some of the stories stories we've been on, you might want to check out uh, Future Quake Radio blog or futurequakeradio.blogspot.com and. Uh, read up on a little article posted there by Richard Wormbrand. Oh, well, I tell you, don't read it before you go to bed. Yeah, that I might, did, be, a, that it might be like a 7, a 7 yeah. p.m. article. World of Prophecy message board said it was a must read, so everyone will wow. read that. Yeah. Can I give you a little Please less do. than a minute? Please do. Uh, uh, Shimon Perez calls for Vatican control of Christian sites. This is from Heretz Israel News. Um, President Shimon Perez is urging the government, Israeli government, to yield control of key Christian holy sites to the Vatican a position believed to be opposed by interior minister. Uh, the Vatican's long-standing demand that Israel transfer sovereignty of key Christian heights of the Holy See has created dissension among senior officials in Jerusalem. Uh, the interior ministry has vowed to retain control of the sites, calling relinquishment a sacrifice of Israeli sovereignty. Wow. This matter is under the minister's authority, and he's not prepared to sacrifice Israeli sovereignty, even if it's only symbolic. Uh, Perez is pressing the government to agree to the Vatican's request that Israel surrender control of the six religious sites, uh, among them the Church of the Annunciation in Nazareth, Nazareth, uh, something on Mount Zion, where Jesus held the Last Supper, Gethsemane, uh, Mount Tabor, and the Church of the Multiplication. Um, Perez the is Church of the Multiplication. Yeah, mm -hmm. like a, you've never seen the uh, a big, a big the Holy Abacus. Yeah, I was going to say um, that. But the, <laughs> Perez is lobbying shy to concede the sites to the Catholic Church. Uh, this is a, if we were sure that this great gift of the Christian world would bring millions of Christian pilgrims here, then we would have a good reason to think about it. They're just thinking about money. Tourism mm -hmm. minister. Of course. But since we're not certain this will happen, why should we hand our gifts? The dispute between Jerusalem and the Holy See threatens to cast a pall over next week's visit to the Holy Land by Pope Benedict. Uh, Vatican officials have made clear they intend to reiterate their demand for the visit that Israel hand over control. So, anyway, we're, well, we're running out of time. we got to go to Merv, but okay. students of prophecy will be interested in this. Yeah. Uh, Merv, come in and tell our listeners how they can contact us at FutureQuake. FutureQuake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we got to say goodbye. Bye. Come back next week. Another fantastic show next week. Let us know what you think about it. But until then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a good day. Shukran. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake.